How do you make a vacation last? How do you hold on to the joy, the clarity, the calm? Easy. You go to Aruba. You'll spend your time relaxing on cool, white, sandy beaches and floating in healing blue water. You'll meet locals brimming with gratitude for an island that redefines what a paradise can be. You won't just feel great. You'll feel relaxed, renewed, and ready for life. That's the Aruba effect. Plan your trip at aruba.com. This is Sid and Friends in the Morning. But you say he's just a friend. Oh, you're my best friend. 77 WABC. We're just days until the start of Hanukkah, and it's happened again. Another nasty and brutal anti-Semitic attack, this time in Central Park. And as cops tonight look for the suspect, Eyewitness News reporter Josh Einiger is talking with Jews, worried about what could be next. It does get people nervous, but stand strong. Don't cower away. Don't hide. They're attacking us because we're ambassadors of holiness and of God in this world. The Yankees, according to multiple reports, in agreement with free agent pitcher Carlos Rodon on a six-year deal. Nothing official from the Yanks, Jack. That's not surprising. They like to do the contract language, get the physical, then announce the deal. But we have confirmed, Bob, that it's a $162 million deal to bring Rodon to the Yankees. And ever since the Yankees finished locking up Aaron Judge, their focus and their pursuit has been on Rodon. Hello, everyone. This is Donald Trump. Hopefully your favorite president of all time, better than Lincoln, better than Washington, with an important announcement to make. I'm doing my first official Donald J. Trump NFT collection. They're called Trump Digital Trading Cards. These cards feature some of the really incredible artwork pertaining to my life and my career. It's been very exciting. I walk into the building this morning, my driver Levi, who's a great guy, terrific guy, drives me in, I walk in, it's a pouring rain, not a beautiful Friday morning, but we love Friday, so every Friday is beautiful regardless of the weather. I walk into the building, and there's a security guy downstairs, he's a sweetheart, he's a great guy, very quick to say hello every morning, and really very, very nice. And every now and then when I walk into the building, circa 5 a.m., there'll be music blasting. There's nobody here. There are some people, obviously. We're on the second floor in this building. Our executive office is on the fifth floor. But for the most part, it's, it's quiet that time of the morning. There's very few people here. So the security guy blasts music every morning. And that song right there, Frankie Valley, My Eyes Adore You, not only is he blasting the song... But he's singing along with it. 
And I loved it. I'm like, yeah, you know yeah. what? I'm going to start my show. I love Frankie Valley anyway. With my eyes at Doria. So, Lewis, give the fans out there a little more Frankie Valley early on a Friday morning. So close, so close, funny about Frankie is all of a sudden he became an actor. <laughs> I don't know. I'm watching The Sopranos one night and there's Frankie Valley. I'm sure he did a lot more of that before The Sopranos, I guess. I don't know. I don't know much about the person Frankie Valley. And I'm a little young to really say I appreciated a lot of the music. I know about 10 songs. I like Grease. That's a great Frankie Valley song. That one there is a classic, obviously. But he was uh, in The Sopranos and had a pretty good reoccurring role. You remember that, Lewis? Uh, I think he played Luigi Zip. Yes, Luigi the Zip. That's right. Oh. Yeah. Where's my uh, charger this morning? I'll be right in with it. You know, I screwed up. I, I screwed up in a big way yesterday. I really did. I'll tell you why. So we had this radiothon for Frank Siller and Tunnel to Towers yesterday. And again, you got to thank John and Margot Katsimatidis for their incredibly generous $200,000 donation. You got to thank Chad Lopez. You got to thank the architect of the whole day. She was amazing, Leslie Slender. She really did tremendous work. And really, you got to thank um, all the young ladies and gentlemen that stopped by telling their stories from Genesis, so courageous, to Lisa, to Scott Noakes. And when it was all said and done, Thanks to a guy named Anthony Buffalano, who promised to match every single dollar we raised. And we raised nearly $600,000. Thanks to Anthony Buffalano, we're about to present Tunnel to Towers for the check for about $1.2 million. Phil, get in here. Macedonia, Phil. But one of the things that really made me proud yesterday... I think you're going to be waiting a little... Get him in here right now. Oh, uh, right yes. now. Right now. Yes, Saeed. Above and beyond the, the big managing people here are the guys on this show. That is a very, very difficult show to run. A lot of moving parts. At one point, we had six people in the studio. Rudy Giuliani, Andrew Giuliani, Frank Siller, John Katsimatidis, Leslie Slender, Sid Rosenberg, all of us. But Lou, of course, is... The greatest board op slash engineer in the history of radio. I mean that. I don't say that hyperbole. and I mean that sincerely. And he's done this a million times for Imus. And nobody had bigger radiothons in the history of radio than Don. Days and days and three major charities. The SIDS Foundation, Joel Hollander. Tomorrow's Children's Fund. That's uh, David Jurist. And, of course... The Ranch for Imus. And these were huge shows. And Lou ran the board for all of them. So as difficult as yesterday was, there was no question Lou was going to do an outstanding job, and he did. But the other two morons that work on this show, Justin Ellick and Phil Macedonia, (laughs) I got to give those guys a ton of credit. First of all, they clean themselves up. They're back to looking like scumbags today. I I don't know why they do that. I don't know why. Okay, they're com- we're coming in early. I don't care. I, so am I. I right, but... I, what? You've got your great... you got Levi. <laughs> okay. So that means you can't put on a sport jacket because I have a driver? 
that no, it means you you're a one Listen, up. Justin on the game. needs a haircut. His hair looks stupid. Turn me on. Yesterday, Enough with actually. the. He okay. looked great. Yes. But he still needs a haircut. He looks dirty. His hair is too long. It's short on the sides. He's got the Euro trash Yeah, what look. are you looking for exactly? Terrible. He's a nice-looking kid. He, he goes out of his way to look worse. And Macedonia, Bill, looked very nice yesterday. A pair of gray slacks, a black turtleneck. I've seen that black turtleneck now. I know. He wears it everything. Bernie's weeks. funeral, everywhere. Yeah, yeah. Right. That's all he's got. Makes the rounds. Well, whatever. So they, they look presentable. They did it. And they did a great job yesterday. So here's the mistake that I made. So I'm sitting down last night, right before dinner. Danielle made another beautiful dinner. And it occurred to me, you know what? I need to send my guys a text to show my appreciation for the great job they did today. So I did. I sent Lou. I sent Justin. And I sent Macedonia Phil a group text thanking everybody for helping make my job easy and the three of you doing a great job. And you did an amazing job yesterday. Thank you. I will tell you. And Thank that was you. a nice text. Thank you. Very nice. So I send out the text. It was heartfelt. You know that, Lou. And I come to work this morning. And not eight hours after I send that text, where is Macedonia Phil? Not here. I say to Justin, I don't understand. He's supposed to be here at 5 o'clock. It's now 5.23. Well, he just texted me he's coming in at 6. What do you mean he's coming in at 6? That's not the time. What if I decided, Phil, that on a certain Friday, I'm going to come in at 7? Why not? Oh, you know what the problem is? The show starts at 6. Your show, Phil, starts at 5. So not even eight hours after I send you this beautiful text, Giving you credit for a job well done, you F up. <laughs> Bang. Screwed it up already, and now you're back on my edge list. So. All right. We don't Where know. was he this morning? We don't know the details yet. We don't know the details. I, oh, I know God. I know zero. He, How does just, he look right now? Um, Miserable? He looks. He doesn't look happy, and I only took well, a glance. Well, get him in here. I, I know, but it seems like he's perturbed. I could tell. Well, I don't care. Him. I know that. Oh, my God. He's perturbed. But he, when he's very <laughs> you quiet, me? I get scared. Well, the dog die is something? I mean, come on. <laughs> when, I, when he's quiet, yeah. I get a little bit yeah, you get nervous. alerted. Because yeah. Oh, he's that guy in the post office. There's no question. Yeah. He, you know, Phil comes off like he doesn't care about things, but I, 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 he really is a very caring person deep down. I know he no, is. No, he's a nice he's, guy. Yeah, he's, he's a very nice well, guy. Well, why would he come in here? I'm telling him to come in. I'm his I, boss. I don't know where he went. Frank, when, can you go get Phil and Frank, tell him to come in here? I mean, we, we deserve some type of explanation. I had to do this all the time. I don't want Justin. I want Phil. Phil's a guy that was late, not Justin. Where is Phil? <laughs> Again, Justin's still walking. He's not listening to me either. Where is Phil? It's I don't want mutiny. Justin. I want Phil. I'll go drag him in by his uh, Thank hair. Thank you. I mean, you remember all those times I was late for Imus because I was all high and drugged up and drunk? Eventually, maybe it was a day later, two days later... When I returned to work, I had to explain to the I-man where I was. It was uncomfortable. I hated every second of it, but I had to do it. And Phil is not going to escape that today. There he is. Hi, Phil. What? Good morning. Good morning. How come you didn't answer my text last night? I was sleeping. You were so tired? I was tired. Why? I, I don't know. I was just tired. Yeah. I didn't get much sleep this week, so. Did you see what I wrote? Um, yeah. 
I give you a lot of credit for doing a great job yesterday. Should I, should I read how you ended that, that text? Sure, go ahead. Yeah, really. I don't think I, I'm allowed to. Yeah, read that part. No, you can read it. It's fine. Just don't, just don't I thought say that part it. was funny. What did it say? I can't say it. Well, just don't say the whole word. Just say F if you... Well, the last two sentences say, I love all you guys and the team we are. Now, go F yourselves. Right. That's a nice ending to it. Like a Christmas card. I've never gotten a Christmas card like that. Yeah. All right, so let's get right to the meat of the bone here, buddy. Mm-hmm. I sent yep. you this beautiful text last night because you did do a great job yesterday. I mean, Thanks. great, great. Got the gas ornament and, you know, you dressed nicely. You were really terrific. And uh, today you're late again. What happened? Again? Yeah, you're always late. But this is like an hour. You're usually like 10 minutes late, 12 minutes late. What happened this morning? What's the matter? Um, well, you know. No, I don't know. Oh, yeah, that's why I'm true. asking you. That's, that's true. Yeah. Um... Is there something going on is no, there, in your personal life? Is there an no, issue? I, I just is... haven't gotten much sleep this week. Uh, I told Lou actually yesterday that I got uh, 10 minutes of sleep before the Radiothon. No, but why is that? That's, I have to ask you that. I'm sorry. Um, well, I have a weird sleep schedule. <laughs> I sleep. It's a stupid sleep schedule. I, I sleep twice is. a day. Yeah, Bernard used to do that stuff, too. It was stupid. I love Bernard, and I miss him, but it made no... He woke up at 1 o'clock in the morning, started to work, and he would still come in, by the way, 5.57 for a 6 o'clock show. <laughs> Well, why do you do that to yourself? I, you don't that... have any responsibilities. You don't have any kids. You barely have a girlfriend. You barely see her. You can sleep and or not sleep whenever you want. Why do you choose to have these uh, crazy hours? There's things I have to do at night. Well, give me an example of something you have to do at night. I'm curious. Private. This. <laughs> Private. Like what? You like deal weed or something on the side? No. or Are you home or, or out uh, home. at night? Home. home. You're watching I, don't, I don't leave sports. my apartment. Once I, once I get home, I don't leave my But apartment. you're watching sports. Yes. So is there a night where you can not watch the Lakers and the Nuggets or the Kings and the Suns, which <laughs> nobody cares about? Not yeah. even the players care. Last night, I, I, I couldn't watch them because I was sleeping. You went to bed. Uh-huh. And you woke up late this morning? Is that what yes, happened? So I just didn't get set my alarm. You just overslept. I slept for like 11 hours, 12 hours. All right. That's what it was. What time did you wake up today? 5.05, I think. So you already, by the time you woke up, you were already late. Yes, that's why I, was, I, I woke up and I was like, uh-oh. Yeah. <laughs> I don't notice a lot of remorse, uh, Phil. Um, I was told, uh, actually, as uh, recently as yesterday, that I'm a very unempathetic. Right. Are you proud of that? I'm, I'm, that's not even a real word. Is that a that's word? fine. I'm no, just, it's not. No, just, no, just, just go with it. Just I know what you meant to, what meant to say. Yeah. Unempathetic's a word. Well, you need yeah. to apologize, <laughs> not just to me, but to Lewis and Justin, because Justin... Who's here in the like three o'clock in the morning? He's never late, never late. Had to do his work and your work this morning, both of you. So you need to apologize to Justin right now on the air. I'd, I'd rather apologize to him like in person. But... Yeah, I wouldn't. Oh, I'd rather apologize on the air. Where is he? Could we bring him in? No, I don't, no, I don't no. want to apologize to. to I, no, no, I'm not asking you what you want to oh. do, son. <laughs> I am telling you. You need to apologize to Justin, just like I don't apologize to Venus Williams and Serena Williams. This is great for me. You understand? All the stuff that I has made me go through, I can do it to you. And you screw up about as much as I did. I, I want you to apologize that. on the air. Well, I run. had an excuse. I was high. What is your excuse? I was watching the Nuggets. Let's let's not go. Oh, wait a second. You like that? He's doing worse than what you did. No, I didn't say worse. Okay, but yeah. I had an excuse. I'm, I'm a drug show, addict. What is his excuse? He's watching basketball. I'm an addict in a different. Uh, you are an addict in that respect, yes. Just say I'm sorry to Justin. That's all. I I'd ra- I can say it on air. No, no, I'm not asking you what you'd rather do, son. <laughs> Just say, Justin, I'm sorry. Justin, I apologize. 
That was the most insincere, no, he doesn't care at all. horrible apology no, no, I've ever heard. No. What? No. I just apologize. I mean, you, took, you took it one, pa- one step past Trump. Come in here, Justin. <laughs> no one go to our that, I, that, I'd prefer to do it when he's here. It's weird. It feels weird like apologizing to someone who isn't here. I know, but you did it, so we're proud of you. Justin, you heard the apology. And again, thank you, Justin, for do- doing double work this morning. You're welcome. Uh, well, are you accepting the apology from Phil? Um... You know, I'm a very understanding person. And it is Christmas. It is Christmas. Uh, holiday season. Holiday season. We just Hanukkah raised a million up. two for Tunnel to Towers yesterday. No. We're very forgiving people. Yes, I am. So I will choose to forgive Philip because uh, sleep depri- deprivation is a real thing if, if that is his genuine excuse. But either way, I've been on this show for a year and a half now, and I haven't been one minute late, no, not one once. Minute late. No, early, actually. Yeah. No. Not once. No. So, um, you know, the uh, whole excuse of, uh, oh, coming from Brooklyn and the M and the L, that doesn't really apply. Are you accepting this um, apology or not? It, it sounds like you got it. On the surface, <laughs> I am. On the surface, I am. But, uh, but you know, I mean, the, the, the process of which he's going to have to, it's like, a, it's like the Kyrie Irving list, you know? You got a list for him of things to do. Right. Now. I have to now I have to now come up with a list for yeah. things that Phil has to do. He's got to go to the ADL. He's got to donate about half a million dollars. And he because, I like it. Sure, he can yeah. do it. See what's, Phil is lucky that we do our own in-house justice here. Like, I'll admonish him. He apologizes to you. It's done. Like, it's never going to get to Matt Meany. Forget about Matt Meany. It's never going to get to Chad Lopez or John Katsimatidis because I protect Phil from that. Unless, unless anybody's listening. Unless, right. unless, of course, any of them are listening. Right? They are listening, but they're not going to do anything about it because they allow me. I've got autonomy on this show. Right. So I run this show. Right. They can rest assured that we will do the proper amount right. of uh, punishment. Punishment. It's exactly. like uh, doing a code red. Exactly. So uh, I feel like we've moved past all of it now. Yeah, and know. you've apologized, Phil, which is a very, very big thing to do. Mm-hmm. And Despite how insincere it was. Well, yeah. <laughs> do you think, I, I, and we'll wrap um, it up with this. Give me some Frankie Valley. Do you think, Phil, honestly, that you'll be late again in the near future? And be honest. It feels like a soap opera right now with the music coming in. Yeah, well, fine. He answer his question. Um, probably not. No. Probably not. You never know what happens in the future. That just, Only, that just redacted the apology. Only God dishonesty. can tell if you right. believe in God. But I'll take the $1.2 million I raised yesterday, and I'll bet all of it you're late in less than two weeks. And we're off in two oh, weeks, by the way. <laughs> no, no, that wouldn't happen. Okay. Yeah, sure. Well, thank you, Phil. And Justin. We're going to start a pool, oh. though, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah. well, you're welcome. Put the poll up on WBCRadio.com. Will Phil be late? And I can't get that man because when he's here, he's great. The guy's he's becoming a big star. Even Margot Katsimatidis, I think, likes him. Believe it or not. <laughs> I don't believe it. I don't believe it. No, I mean, no, I you actually came up in conversation at Bobby Vance a couple of days ago, of all people. And she referred to you as hilarious as, quote, Macedonia Phil. <laughs> it just doesn't feel right for me. Uh, we got a big guest that's coming up today, folks. I mean, a big one, Curtis Sliwa. Coming up at 7.05, Donald Trump, he doesn't want to win, clearly. He does not want to win. I don't care how mad you people get at me or Peter King or Bo Deedle. That announcement yesterday about his trading cards was one of the most embarrassing things I've ever seen, ever. We'll talk about that and Sam Bankman-Fried with Anthony Scaramucci coming up at 7.40. The very courageous Asra Nomani, she'll be here at 8.05 from the East Street Band and the Sopranos, Bruce Springsteen's right-hand man, Little Stevie. Stevie Van Zandt will be here at 840. 
Christopher Mad Dog Russo, part of that legendary Mike and the Mad Dog combination. He'll be here at 9.05. Jen Dolce, Corey Selnick, Pete Morgan, all stopping by. Sid and friends, a lot of friends coming by on this Friday. Five more shows for me, and then it's off to Christmas, New Year's, and back in 2023. But stick around the next four hours. It's going to be a monster show. Sid and friends in the morning on a Friday, only right here on Talk Radio 77. WABC. Like a million miles away from me, you couldn't see how I adored you. So close, so close. This is Sit in Friends in the Morning. Entertaining and informative. Oh, you're my best friend. 77 WABC. Six Friday morning in the rain, folks. Now nine days before Christmas. And just three days before the first night of Hanukkah. Eight crazy nights, as Adam Sandler once said. And it's getting rougher and rougher for the Jewish people here in New York. We do a really good job of covering that on this show. Dove Heikend is on this show on average, what, three times a month? Every time there's a huge anti-Semitic attack, whether it's New York, Pittsburgh, or Jerusalem, we cover it. And again last night, Central Park, another anti-Semitic attack. And what did the perp do? He yelled something about Kanye West. So if it's Megyn Kelly or Jason Whitlock or even Greg Kelly, Greg Kelly's another one. He defends Trump every second of the way. If they say that it doesn't matter what Wes says, they're clearly being either ignorant, stupid, or both. Because there are too many impressionable people out there that cannot think for themselves and idolize losers like Kanye West. And if West goes out there with Chris Cuomo or Piers Morgan, or heck, Donald Trump, that idiot. Come on, I'm so down on him, it's unbelievable. And, and says something bad about the Jews, you know he's got three million followers. All it takes is a couple to make Jewish people's lives miserable. And here we are, just a couple of days before Hanukkah, and again, one of the nicest nights of the year for me. And I can't thank John and Margot Katsimatidis enough for this. This has become an annual tradition. This will be year number three for me. Every year, John and Margot invite me 
to the menorah lighting right outside the Plaza Hotel on Fifth Avenue. That is the largest menorah in the world. You got the rabbi there. You've got, there were hundreds, I'm not exaggerating, hundreds of yeshiva kids and folks standing outside the menorah last year. That night, we went out to celebrate Margot's birthday at a very nice dinner. But it's such an amazing time. And John bestows that honor upon me every year. And he knows how much I appreciate it because my father, Harvey, God rest his soul, who passed away a couple of years ago, was a very religious Jewish man and actually was really religious until he met my mother, Naomi. She kind of drove him towards Christmas more than Hanukkah. But um, my dad, I can't help but think, and John reminds me of this every year, is looking down and proud of me and happy that I'm doing this. So, again, I can't thank John and Margo enough. That's coming up on Tuesday night. And just five days before, here we are again, talking about an anti-Semitic attack with the guy yelling out something Kanye said. So I know, for example, when I was a kid and I went to Yeshiva, you folks don't know this, but a lot of you don't. I went to poly prep from the fifth grade to the 10th grade. And my best friend, guys like Joe Takapina, Artie Idala was there. Those are my buddies. And my parents decided... As nice little Jewish Sidney Rosenberg, I had too many Italian friends. This is a true story. No Jewish friends. So they sent me to Yeshiva. And I went to Solomon Schechter Yeshiva. It was a location on Church Avenue and East 5th Street in Brooklyn, right by the Prospect Expressway. It's no longer in business. It's now defunct. And I spent the last three years of my high school education before I went to Coral Gables, University of Miami, in a Yeshiva. So I was taking Hebrew and English classes every day, every day. And when I was there, when people would mess with us, the JDL back then, the ADL back then, they'll rip your effing face off. The way they are now, that is not my, as a kid, my ADL, my JDL. Now they're basically left-wing groups. They really need an excuse to go out and defend the Jews, and I mean physically. I got mugged once on King's Highway, once. There were 10 guys from the JDL who wanted to kick everybody's ass from Midwood to Bay Ridge. It ain't like that anymore. I will tell you this. I almost hope somebody, that punk, for example, who messed with these Jewish people last night in Central Park, that guy, I almost hope that punk shows up on Tuesday night and tries that with me because I will knock him the F out. I don't care if he's got a gun, a knife. I don't care. But they won't do that because they're cowards. So they pick on guys that look like they can't defend themselves, which a lot of Jews look like that. I hate to say it, Dove, but they do. They won't mess with me, but I hope they do. But the ADL and JDL, they're not the same. But Scott Richmond did speak from the ADL about this latest anti-Semitic attack. And here's what he had to say last night. This, Lou Rapino, is cut number eight. Cases like celebrities and sports figures who make statements that people listen to because this is not just a small incident like the many that we're following. This is an incident that's being carried out by somebody that has a huge following. 
And when that happens, people copy it. People begin to think that anti-Semitism is normal. People begin to think that anti-Semitism is normal when Kanye West is out there saying all this negative stuff. And uh, too many people are okay with it. I did mention Donald Trump. I got to get to this major announcement yesterday. This <laughs> Come on, Lou. You've been around a long time. I miss here. When somebody says they're going to make a major announcement and they do what Trump did yesterday, cute, funny, embarrassing, give me the word you would use. Um, y- the last one. Embarrassing, right? <laughs> oh, my yes, God. Nothing. I mean, is he trying to give Seth Meyers and Jimmy Kimmel and Jimmy Fallon content? What, what's he doing? Nobody's telling him no. Yeah. That is a problem. I mean, it's unbelievable. Nobody can tell. I mean, I would have friends that say, like, and that, uh, that wasn't really a good idea. Would right. you have somebody tell you, like, Danielle would well, say. Well, Danielle, of course, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like, why don't you stop doing that? You're starting to look no. ridiculous. <laughs> Does any of his flunky kids say anything to him? I don't even. I don't know. It's so, uh, since I walked in this morning, I had a couple of, like, it might have been Justin, might have been uh, somebody else, uh, Alex or somebody. Like, how embarrassing did that sound? Brutal. Yeah, and I haven't, you know, and I don't see a lot of people. Yeah, I'm going to play it coming up right after traffic and sports. <laughs> if you haven't heard it yet, Donald Trump's major announcement, which served as fodder for all the late night guys, and deservedly so, was beyond stupid and really embarrassing. You know, at one point during that little spiel, not only did he compare himself to Lincoln and Washington, he said he was better. Now, <laughs> now, a lot of you folks like to call me a narcissist. What you can't figure out is I'm actually a tortured soul, and the narcissism comes out on the radio. The other 20 hours, I'm tortured. Okay, now we got it. For me, it's mostly shtick, and I will include my name, Stern and Imus, but you've never heard me say I'm better than Howard Stern. Imus, maybe, but never better than Howard Stern. Trump always takes it a step farther. I mean, I don't know how anybody who listens to me can be critical and call themselves a Trump supporter at the same time. I've never seen anybody like Donald Trump. Ever. Ever. Have you? They were okay presidents, let's let's be honest. Let's there <laughs> I mean, there was a war during Lincoln, but he didn't have to deal with what I dealt with. I fixed the economy. I fix it. We have we had one of the most the best economy in a long time. Lincoln had a war that can't compare. Can't compare. George Washington was first. What did he, he had nothing to deal with? Oh yeah, he crowds Valley Forge. All right, that's cold. But still, no, look that's at him. what I did. Look at what him. I did. <laughs> what I did. See, you know it. Yeah, I'm going to play it. I'm going to play this huge Donald Trump announcement coming up. Plus, Alvin Bragg at it again. Some gangbanger is going to be out on the streets. He's robbing like every high-end store on Madison Avenue. Doesn't matter. He'll be back on the streets if he's not back already. Uh, Of course, my friend, the mayor, Eric Adams, he needs a billion dollars, a billion 
from Joe Biden to fix the migrant problem here. So plenty of local news as well. If you've had an accident, trust Gabo Law. Personal injury and medical malpractice attorneys with decades of experience who will provide the attention you deserve and deliver the best possible results in the shortest amount of time. Gabo Law has recovered millions for their clients and will be able to help you. But don't take our word for it. Read all of their five-star reviews from former clients on Google, Avo, and Facebook. Call Gabo Law today at 800-560-0214 for a free consultation or email at info at gabolaw.com. Gabo Law, where winning is no accident. This is Sid on Sports. Sponsored by Fearless Boilers on 77 WABC. Justin Ellick here, bottom of the hour sports update. Sponsored by Pete Morgan. He's here in studio. Look at Pete. He's yelling at Sid as we speak. Pete Morgan and Peerless Boilers Pavilion. Thankless water heaters. Go to Peerless Boilers. It's like screaming at everybody. He's screaming at everybody. Everybody. Mics are on. (laughs) It's out of control. Pavilion tankless water heaters. Go to PeerlessBoilers.com. PavilionTankless.com for a dealer near you. We're going to try and work through the chaos here. We begin on the ice last night. The Rangers, they keep on keeping on. They're winning ways in the form of a 3-1 win over the Toronto Maple Leafs at the Garden. This one was knotted at one with time dwindling in the second period. And then Jimmy Vc showed up. He turned on the Jets for a glove side beauty to give the Blue Shirts the lead. And the Rangers, they don't look back. And Vc he would add the empty netter as well late in the third to cement the victory and the Rangers' fifth straight win. Up next for them, a visit to Philadelphia tomorrow to take on the Flyers. But over in New Jersey, things are a bit more bleak currently as the Devils, they fell 2-1 to one last night in Newark to the uh, aforementioned Flyers, pushing their losing streak to four games. Long story short here, the Devs, they couldn't fill it, figure out Philly tender Carter Hart. He stood on his head all night with a career high 48 saves. Uh, tied a career high, that is. And route to the Flyers win. Jack Hughes, he was the lone goal scorer for New York. And the Devs, they'll try and right the ship tomorrow when the Florida Panthers come to town. And big news out of the Bronx yesterday. The Yanks get their uh, number two starter in Carlos Rodon. Rodon, uh, the left-handed starter, uh, formerly of the San Francisco Giants, is in agreement with the New York uh, Yankees. With the New York Yankees on a six-year, $162 million deal. He was an all-star the last two seasons, so the Yanks get a good arm in him. He'll slot nicely into that number two-star role behind Garrett Cole. And Thursday Night Football saw Brock Purdy, the new stud in the San Francisco 49ers, take care of the he's Seahawks. Good. He Justin. is good. He yeah. is. But apparently he's a little hurt, so they're, uh, he's got like an oblique problem. So they were watching that closely last night, but it didn't matter. They beat the Seahawks 21-13 to with the win. The Niners clinched an NFC West title the first team in the league to clinch a division and just the second team beyond the Eagles to clinch a playoff spot. Looking ahead to Sunday, you got the Jets, their one-and-a-half-point favorites going into their 1 p.m. matchup at home with the Detroit Lions, and the Giants will put it all on the line in Washington as four-and-a-half-point underdogs in primetime against the Commanders. Kickoff set for 8.20 p.m. Eastern time. Here with your bottom-of-the-hour sports update. I'm Justin Ellick on 77 WABC. This is Sid and Friends in the Morning. 77 WABC.
time, August and everything after. Adam Duritz and the Counting Crows, Rain King, on a rainy Friday morning. Why are you laughing, though? What's up? Because now Joe is texting me. <laughs> well, tell him to, you know, he's being a uh, bit of a coward here. Because we called him twice and he didn't pick up the phone. All I said was, I hope Joe Nolan enjoys doing traffic on Scott Shannon's show on Monday. Oops, Scott Shannon doesn't have a show anymore. Oops. Now, what is Joe Nolan texting you? He's, he, call, he tried calling me. I was. Why would he call you and not the show? I, I don't know. He just yeah. he has my number. Right. We, we, He's got my we, number, too. Forget it. Yeah. But he says, are you looking for me? Yeah, we are. And I said, uh, I, I laughed and said, <laughs> Sid is. Yeah. Then he said, what's going on? Oh, boy. That's what he wants. Yeah. I don't think he's aware. I don't care all that much, to be <laughs> honest. I love Joe Nolan. He does a great job on this show. He's a really sweet guy. Seriously. So I don't care all that much, but you never take off your show to suck up to some other retired radio guy, which I have no idea to this day. I mean, he's fine. I've met him a couple of times. I have no idea to this day. Why he's considered an all-time great. I really don't. I'm sorry. I just don't. The guys who spin records, and I guess, you know, Brucey is a different story. Bruce, uh, our cousin Brucey. But, you know, talk show hosts are different. We got to be compelling and entertaining and thought-provoking hours and hours a day. And even though I do tend to play music longer on this show than any other talk show host in the country, I'm not playing full songs. I can't do some stupid prank phone call with Todd Pettengill for two minutes and then play, you know, Bruno Mars. And then people pay me millions of dollars and tell me I'm great. I mean, give me a break. So if you're on this show, you show up on a Friday, you don't, you're not taking off to hang out with Scott Shannon. I don't care what. And listen, it's a great thing he's doing. You know how much I love kids, Cohen Children's Hospital, all that stuff. Hey, it's the zoo. Uh, this is your boss calling. Uh, <laughs> hey, uh, did you hear that? Uh, no, your job's gone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. Well, but you've grown up in this business for 40 years. Look, could you imagine if somebody on the IMAX in the Morning program <laughs> took a day off to hang out with Wolfman Jack <laughs> or, or, or Soupy Sales? How would that go? How would that go? Lose where? (laughs) 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 I guess Joe's going to find out about it. Okay, he's going to have to come on the show today. If Phil from Macedonia faced the music, which he did for being late again in the first segment, Joe Nolan (laughs) has to face the music here today. He just has to. Wow. That's right. A lot of problems this morning. I know, a lot. You know, um, (laughs) Peter King and Bo Deedle take a lot of abuse for turning their backs on President Donald Trump. They were once both major Trump supporters, and now they're not. I still am. I call him out for being an idiot, and what he did yesterday was beyond embarrassing. We'll play it. Beyond embarrassing. But I'm still supporting him. But the man sitting to my left, who was a dear, dear, dear friend, most recently him, me, Danielle, and Gabe on his tickets, went to watch the Giants and Commanders together. He sponsors everything on this show. He's back today to speak to Leslie to sponsor something else. The great Pete Morgan, he is exactly in the same place as Bo and Peter King are with Donald Trump, aren't you? And you're coming along soon. No, I'm not coming. Yes, you are. No. After yesterday, I was like, oh, that was rough, right? I thought today would be the day. It was rough. Yeah, well. I mean, what are you doing? Does he want to lose? Because he doesn't listen to anybody. 
he knows better than everybody. But you got to tell him. He doesn't give He needs somebody to explain to him. He doesn't listen Trading to anyone. Cards? He doesn't listen to anybody. What makes you think he's going to start now? If he just shut his mouth and didn't act like an ass right. and pick fights with 27-year-old <laughs> so cub reporters, yeah. he would have won in a landslide, right? But no. Well, he did win in a landslide. It was rigged. You just don't get it. Oh, I see. They stole it from yeah, him. Yeah, okay, okay. No. Jesus Christ, I tell you. That, you <laughs> are unbelievable. Don't involve the Lord's name in this. Oh, my God. You're talking to somebody else who doesn't listen to That's him. a good point, right. Yeah. I listen to everybody. After all the screaming and yelling yeah, during yeah, the last yeah, break. Right. <laughs> Up and down the hall <laughs> and in and out of the Jeez. studios. Some madman today. God. He's lost it. Well, Phil is late. Joe Nolan decided not to come to work to hang out with Scott Shannon. <laughs> what do you want me to tell you? That does sound funny when you say it. Let's see. Like, Scott, Shannon, Scott Shannon or Sid? Hmm. Yeah. Give me a break. <laughs> I, I'm, I still have a job. Uh, let's play this from yesterday. Donald Trump, he was making this major announcement. You know, there was a second there, Peter and Lewis, where I actually thought, I swear to you, he's had such a horrible month. The Kanye West dinner. I don't even mention Fuentes. The Kanye West dinner. The Constitution episode. And I know Mark Levin was on a couple of days ago defending him. People like Mark and Kelly will defend him all day long. That's fine. I don't defend him. I love him. I want him to win. But he's a moron. He's had a horrible month. So I thought yesterday the announcement was going to be, I swear to God, I'm not running. I want Ron DeSantis to be the guy. I'm going to back Ron DeSantis. Any Republican, they're going to have my support. And I'm going to myself, wow, that's really pretty cool. No, I was wrong, I guess. Nope. He's not going to do that now. (laughs) I mean, which person are you thinking about? I don't know. That never crossed your mind. Maybe that was going to be the... He said major announcement. It can't be baseball cards. Major announcement. (laughs) What did you think, Pete? He never was going to be the kingmaker, though. That's over. That ship has sailed. Okay. He's had his chance. And I think, you know, if he backtracks now, he's going to be... He's going to... He's just... His ego won't allow him to do it. Joe the Box, who I love dearly, he's another guy who's a great American, a sweetheart, but just doesn't listen. He just doesn't listen, Joe. Stay with us. Trump and the America people want America first. Oh, who cares already? God, I get it. Trump wants America first. I love that about Donald Trump, but he's embarrassing himself every day for a month and a half. Now, Enough he, of that. When he backs out, what are those? All those well, I know he's got no do. choice well, at this what, point, yeah. but, you think, but you think Ron DeSantis won't put America first? Or Tim Scott, or any one of these people? I mean, Donald was the first to do it, and he'll forever be etched in stone as one of the greatest presidents. But this Donald Trump, this is embarrassing. Play this. This is uh, Trump's major announcement. You're not going to believe this. If you haven't heard this, Trump's major announcement that he made yesterday. Cut one. Hello, everyone. This is Donald Trump, hopefully your favorite president of all time, better than Lincoln, better than Washington, with an important announcement to make. I'm doing my first official Donald J. Trump NFT collection right here and right now. This is not real. They're called Trump Digital Trading Cards. These cards feature some of the really incredible artwork pertaining to my life and my career. It's been very exciting. (laughs) So he's charging people $99 for a trading NFT trading card collection. He's like dressed up as a superhero in one of them. I mean, come on. He's lost his mind. You know, so it's funny. You, and so have you for following. No, but, you know, you say yeah. he's lost his mind, yet people like Joe the Box, who, again, I love dearly, he'll buy it. He'll buy it. He'll be like, he's the greatest president ever. I'll buy it. Fine. 
there's a million people listening right now that their fingers are itching to call me out on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram because they love Trump. They're going to buy it. These idiots are going to buy it. Do they love Trump or do they love Trump's policy? I don't know what the hell they love anymore. And you don't either. I love Trump's policies, but it's it's wearing very Everybody does. It sounds like a great gift for people who hate Trump, though. That's what I like. (laughs) So now you give all these morons at night, these late-night hoes, all the ammunition they need. And I hate to say it, but two or three of them were actually funny. And they're never funny. But Donald Trump made their jobs easy last night. This guy I really despise. I really don't like this guy. But it was actually kind of funny, thanks to Donald Trump. That is the late, late night show, Seth Meyers. Here's what he had to say about the major announcement, Lewis. Cut number two. Gotta love the timing of a former president launching his NFT line the same week a crypto scammer gets arrested. They got SPF. Looks like there's an opening available then. I'm also certain Trump didn't look at the copy of his script until the cameras were rolling, as evidenced by this line reading. Each card comes with an automatic chance to win amazing prizes like dinner with me. I don't know if that's an amazing prize, but it's what we have. It's what we have, you know. Is it the best prize? It's not, but you know, it's Christmas. And on Christmas, isn't what we have enough, you know? Because one day you're president, the next day you're selling a product you don't fully comprehend. But who needs an iPad when you can have a whatever the f*** this is? Yeah, they all went at him. This is uh, another unfunny schmuck. And an America hating, you know, I can't stand Jimmy Kimmel, but Donald Trump making it easy. Jimmy Kimmel, cut number three. Oh, look at this. It's like QAnon meets QVC. It really is. I know we say this is crazy a lot, but this is crazy. He's selling NFTs like a crypto bro or so while he's running for president. And by the way, we already have Donald Trump trading cards. They're called subpoenas. Uh, <laughs> I hate to say it, that's funny. He made that easy. They're called subpoenas. And finally, the other schmuck on NBC. He used to like this guy a lot when he was making movies with Drew Barrymore. And uh, dancing at the, well, I guess the U.S. Open with Justin Timberlake, our friend Jimmy Fallon, Lewis, cut number four. Christmas is coming, and this makes a great Christmas gift. I, even the most diehard Trump supporters were like, okay, now I'm worried. Okay, this is... <laughs> even the My Pillow guy was going, I think Trump's lost it. Okay? <laughs> if you saw that at 2 a.m., would you be like, am I having an Ambien dream? This is... <laughs> you know your campaign isn't going well when your re-election strategy is, maybe people will like me as a Pokemon. <laughs> Trump was like, these cards are like classified documents, you gotta catch them all. Uh, made it easy. Hate to say it, folks. Uh, I don't care if you're Joe the Box. Whoever you are out there, the most, the most ardent Trump supporter, if you're not embarrassed by this yesterday, you're not doing him any favors. You're not. We need to win, folks. It's not about Trump. You guys don't get it. It's not about Trump. It's about making sure a Republican is in the White House. He may be the best choice. He may be your favorite choice. But we need to win. And when you're up at night selling your own trading cards at 3 o'clock in the morning. (laughs) Hello, Houston. (laughs) (laughs) That ain't the sign of a winner. 1-800-848-WABC. 1-800-848-9222. That is already 
hysterical hour number one, and we got a ton of guests stopping by the next three hours. Curtis Sliwa, Anthony Scaramucci, Ashra Nomani, Little Stevie, Stephen Van Zandt, Christopher Mad Dog Russo, Pete Morgan in studio, Corey Zelnick stopping by, Jen from Dolce stopping by, a lot of friends on a sitting friends in the morning show on this Friday, nine days before Christmas, only right here on Talk Radio 77, WABC. Why am I so? Is Sid and friends in the morning from my friends 77 WABC. I got Johnny Tobacco. I like Johnny a lot. And, and Kara, but now he's trying to tell me that Trump's a genius because he was able to raise $5 million in a day. I mean, I raised $1.2 million yesterday in six hours. Multiply that by four. That comes out to $4 million, Johnny. I'm not running for president. I mean, that was anybody out there trying to make an argument that was smart, brilliant, great. That's ridiculous. This is where the Trump supporters lose me, too. And I'm one of them. But I just don't go to those lengths. That was ridiculous. Now, he did talk yesterday about freedom of speech, and that was a good speech President Trump made yesterday. We will get to that later on in the program. Joe Nolan is coming on at 725. He's going to explain to me why he decided to take off from our show, which he works on, and hang out with a guy that is not working right now, Scott Shannon, who had a great career, I guess, but I think it's over. I think. I don't know. A guy that still has a great career, he's on 12-15 to 1 every weekday on this channel, owns the weekends, and I must tell you, did a really, really great job working two hours with me yesterday on the Radiothon. I think during those two hours, we raised the most money of the six-hour show. He's got a big heart, but he hates everybody, and that is the brilliant Mr. Guardian Angels, Curtis Sliwa. What I tell you two weeks ago, fire Joe Nolan, right? You did fire say that. Joe Nolan. Yeah, you, but you're, you're not kidding. I only kid here. I like Joe Nolan. Like, you really want me to fire him? Wait a second. Wow. I actually want to say something nice about you today. Oh, my God. Listening to you in the 6 o'clock hour, you grew back your pair. Because on Monday, 
when I showed up 705, you're talking, oh, Mike Rappaport, well, you got to call me a Jewish guy. Don't call me one tough Jew. And this morning, you found your roots back in Brooklyn. JDL, every Jew at 22, I'm one tough Jew. You finally return to your roots. You see, don't be hanging out with guys in 70th in York, you know, who are Jewish, <laughs> little Booker boys, who probably had their yarmulke snatched off their head. Yeah. In Brooklyn, what would happen if you mess with the black hats or orthodox? They'd well, scream, hop some! And well, there'd be 100 guys out there in the streets stomping now, that guy. Not now. When I was going to high school and going to Solomon Schechter and Church in East 5th, I told you the story, yes, the JDL would show up in big numbers. Not now. So I asked you this morning... Because I can't trust the governor, Kathy Hochul. No, you can't. And uh, uh, Mary, Mayor Eric Adams is saying the right things, but done nothing. Come on. In the 90s, he's with Farrakhan. Farrakhan. Right. Here, here, come on. All right, that's fine. He's got Will you stop loyalties. bringing that up? Who told you that? By the way, the only reason he likes your peeps, your checks don't bounce. That's true. He understands well, that, bounce, that a, fundraise, <laughs> and a fundraiser, you don't have to run to the bank with the Jewish checks. All right. So the point I was going to make before you once again eviscerated my dear friend the mayor, was that I really can't trust anybody at this point to help the Jewish people. I'm going to light the largest menorah in the world, thanks because of what John Katsimatidis, he loves me, and he, best- he bestows that honor on me every year, which is a, a very, very big thing for yeah, me. Yeah, let me mention, yeah. you don't like heights. You're, you're yeah. intimidated by heights. That's so for true. you to go up in that bucket... yeah. Is uh, you're one tough Jew. Let well, me tell you. you. I'm going to keep saying that over and over <laughs> until it, it filters into your brain. Well, I'm asking for help from you yeah. because if I can't trust the governor and the mayor hasn't done enough, right. I know the people out there fighting for New Yorkers every day. Now I'm familiar with a guy named Josh Penner. Right, Josh Penner. Guardian Angels. Are you guys out there protecting my people every day or not? In your old hood, the Upper West Side. And you know where I was last night? I was no. at Barney Greengrass. Oh, I know that place. I thought it's out of business. With all, no, since 1908. All 86th the, Broadway around there, right? Right, right, right. right. And, Amsterdam, Amsterdam. Amsterdam. All yeah. the old Altacacas, the King of Sturgeon, they were all in there. <laughs> say, and right away, to prove you're as tough a Jew as any of them, they said, what are you going to have? I said, give me the tongue with mustard on rye. <laughs> oh, they said, yeah, you haven't lost it, Curtis. And we were sitting down there, and I was actually talking about I said, what is this nonsense? I can't call you guys tough Jews anymore. I got to refer to you as Jewish men of honor. What is this crap? And they said, who's telling you that? I said, this new generation. They said, no, 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 no. And then they told me all the times, Murder Incorporated, Lepke and Gura, oh, Bugsy, Bugsy, Bugsy. You remember Maya Lansky? Of course. And they sort of, you see, if you were sitting there, it's like when I took you to Livonia Avenue on the number two train, right? And I said, that's Murder Incorporated's burial ground. Yes. The Italians used to subcontract their hits to the Jews who were the toughest of the tough. That's true. And we, we, uh, we were the toughest boxers. Benny Friedman, remember him? He was a, a champ, I believe. And we were, uh, I think you showed me that area. Is there a bakery? Yes. Yes, Palagonia Bakery. There. <laughs> they right. got the Doberman Pinches. They yeah. got the Razor Wire. Mob, mob joint many years ago. But right across the street from that bakery you pointed out to me is that parking area, and that's where a lot of the bodies are buried. Let's that's... just say uh, they're interred there. <laughs> and they haven't been exhumed. <laughs> 
And a lot of those guys, it's like uh, it was a guy who flew out of a Half Moon Hotel one time in Coney Island. They've never rehabbed that across the street from where you get your dirty water hot dogs. And Nathan's famous, right? Yeah. The guy flew out and they said, how the hell did he fly out? He's supposed to be protected by the DEA. Well, guess what? Lepke and Gura got him. Oh, they, and they got went him. Out, you know, they went out like a man's man in the chair at Austin at Sing Sing. And they didn't say, oh, please don't juice me. They say, Juice me good, because oh, wow. I want to go out one tough <laughs> yeah. juice. All right. Now, uh, is it true that when you walk into the studio, you ask Pete Morgan for $99 to buy the Donald Trump trading cards? Oh, I yeah. want them I, for my three sons, and I'll tell you what. <laughs> when we grew up, Sid, remember, we'd have to go to the dentist from that crappy gum that came with Topps baseball trading oh, cards. Oh, I love that gum. Oh, yeah. oh I, I know, but it. you had to oh, go yeah. to the dentist. Oh, it was terrible for you. That was yes. a dental delight. Yes. Oh. So why not now? 99 bucks, right? You got these uh, Donald Trump trading cards. No gum, by the way. He's a cheapskate. He shouldn't put gum in there. Put him in the spokes of your big chief Schwinn bicycle. Remember, like we used to... And then play flipsies and toss them up against the wall and take the other kids' Donald Trump trading cards, right? You'll be number one in the neighborhood. <laughs> Come on, our kids uh, need that. Our no, kids don't have a, that anymore. I guess. I mean, I was a kid. I would uh, nothing. I, I think one time I was able to trade, like, some lousy Montreal Expo for a Tom Seaver card, and I felt like I had conquered the world. Out of the deal, it was made right there. But a Donald Trump trading card, that's got to be worth more than Mickey Mantle or Lou well, Gehrig. Think or, of it now. You have Pokemon cards. <laughs> And you got uh, tranny cards, right? You know, oh, they're trying to indoctrinate our kids. <laughs> tranny what? cards. Oh, sure. No, Blue they Paul, don't. Drag no. race cards. Drag race cards? Of course. You Come have on. them? Well, <laughs> I don't want to reveal that side. You know, uh, you, know you, got, you could be non-binary nowadays. Remember, you can oh, change God. your sexuality, your gender uh, identification yeah, yeah, yeah. without a moment's notice. You know, you need to explore. Come on, Sid. <laughs> don't funny. be a curmudgeon. Yeah, I don't want these cards. No, thank you. Just run for president. Stop with the other nonsense. He's killing himself. The man is killing himself. I don't get it. I, now, know, I love this. I, I was the first never-Trumper. Right. The well, I'm not a never Trumper. Rhino. No, I don't like never Trumpers. But you're, you're moving in that direction. No, I'm direction. not moving anywhere. No, I've I already moved Bodito. to Rockaway. I'm good. <laughs> I've heard uh, Peter King. Uh, I've heard Dove hiking. Right? They're swimming towards my ship. Stay off my ship. I don't want it to capsize. I'm not throwing you any life preservers or lifeboats. Oh, and Pete. Yeah, you're also swimming. He's don't, another one. Don't swim to my boat because no. it's going to capsize from all the fair weather <laughs> friends of Donald Trump. <laughs> well, here's what's going to happen. All these, you're right, you were one of the first Trump, uh, never Trumpers. They're swimming to your boat, but you're going to swim to my boat soon. Oh, wait. Why? Well, what's going to happen? My boat is the I was wrong about the mayor. So he comes out yesterday and he says, you are no longer going to sell weed out of these vape shops, which they're doing all over the city, which is dangerous for our kids. So while you are trying to convince people Donald Trump is the wrong guy, you will be on my boat, the USS Mayor Eric Adams. You you would say your mayor is going to close all these weed wagons, weed shops. He's not closing anything yet, but he's made a very stern and impressive warning. You're not going to sell illegal weed to our kids, which is a beautiful thing. Oh, please. Guys are selling nickel and dime bags today in the rain, right? They're saying, hey, smoke this. Puff, puff, pass, Eric Adams. You don't think that guy (laughs) did puff, puff, pass? 
Remember he, when he was, he had just been remember, elected. No. He had know. just beaten me. He I was on this, yeah. the late night show channel two. Uh, who Seth Myers, I didn't see it. No, no. person no. of no consequence. No. He, bought, he brought him a bag of weed. I, I don't remember that. Yeah. Oh, yeah, you'd like yeah. not to remember <laughs> that, right? <laughs> yeah, well. Give him some rolling paper. Ask him, let's see how you roll up those fatties, huh? You see, you spend so much time going after Mayor Eric Adams. You know the real villain in this city, in this state, is the governor, not the mayor. Kathy Hochul deserves this type of Excuse me. Excuse venom me. from wait, Kurt Sleewald. Forget the venom. When we were talking Zeldin, where was your homie uh, Eric Adams side by side with Kathy Crime Wave Holcomb, right? Oh, I don't remember that. Claiming that crime was an aberration, that it was just an but, imagination. But, he's going to be, you know, but, he, but he has changed his mind. He, he evolved. He did say that once. It was perception. Now he says it's you know, real. He calls it a pivot and shift. <laughs> it's the old-fashioned flip-flop. He calls it, you know, he dresses it up. It's a pivot and shift. He wants a billion dollars for illegal aliens. Can I call them illegal aliens anymore? Kathy Crime Wave Holcomb has signed legislation. We have to call them undocumented aliens. They're illegally here. They're illegal aliens. 30,000 of them, and we're paying a billion dollars for them. And we got veterans today in the street. Homeless veterans. We're not taking care of them, but we're taking care of illegal aliens. Come from Venezuela. Come from Nicaragua. Come from Cuba. Socialist, communist countries, right? That's your guy who's Papa Chulo there. Eric Adams in his $5,000 customized suit. Come to America. He's spot on as usual. No, he's not spot on. He's, he's, no, he's not. No, he's not. It was the President of the United States, Joe Biden, who started flying these people into all these airports, Stewart Airport, Westchester Airport. All Eric Adams has done is basically follow suit don't from a Democrat policy that's ruining his Let, city. Let's get down to the nitty-gritty. Who's welcoming them when they come in? Cardinal Dolan there, the guys with MS-13 tattoos on their neck. Catholic Fine. Charities is making money hand it's over fist. It's very nerve-wracking. What the hell? Is, because you know what? You, who like to go to St. Patrick's Cathedral like once a month, yeah. you're going to become a Jew for Jesus. When you go on <laughs> Sunday, go to the English masses, you can roll a Brunswick bowling ball through the aisles. There's nobody there. And then the Spanish oh. mass, they're packed to the rafters. So see, the Roman Catholic Church says, you know, we're going to go out of business soon if we depend on these McWhitey whiteys We better get the Latinos in. We'll even take pesos. We have four collections a day. This is a collection for the cardinal, for the bishop, for the school, for the parish. Well, You've never no. seen that, right? Well, I can tell you this. John and Margot Katsimatidis had breakfast with Cardinal Dolan yesterday. And unprovoked, the cardinal brought up my name, oh. appreciates the fact that as a Jew, I go to St. Patrick's Cathedral and By quote, can't wait to meet me. By the way, I want no. you to come to a mass with me and watch this guy, <laughs> Pete. He'll that. have alligator <laughs> arms every time the wicker bass yeah. comes through the aisles. You have alligator arms. No, I, I donate every time. I light a candle. I donate a couple of dollars. You, you know, it's a Chavez candle for you. It's not our candle. Remember that. Whose still... idea was this to bring them in twice a week? By the I way, uh, Macedonian Phil, yeah. they are the most anti-Semitic. They wiped out 98% of their Jews in North Macedonia. I got to tell you, that doesn't surprise me because I feel, to Curtis's point, and Phil says all the right things. He's got a good job. He's becoming famous. Them. I feel this underlying resent. 98% of your peeps got wiped out. He's huh? worse than Hitler. This guy can't even find North Macedonia. Macedonia on the map. It's not the Greeks, you schmuck, you putts.
I'll tell you. What, what has he done to you? You wanted to get raped oh, and mugged? No, no, and... not raped. Okay. Not raped, please. No, mug, mug, That's said. a beaten. Yeah. I want him beaten so bad <laughs> that, that he says, Mommy, Mommy, when he's down on the L train. All these hipsters and millennials, they've invaded our city. And you know, they're the Democrat yeah. liberal progressives. Yeah. They're the ones following AOC. It's no. not blacks. It's not Hispanics. It's not white ethnics. It's not Asians. No. It's these white hipster millennials who come from Iowa where there are more pigs than people, more Hazarai. Idaho where there are more potatoes than people. <laughs> this is why he's on twice a week, folks. And you can hear this genius every weekday from 12.15 to 1 on his own show. Wait, and wait, all wait. Lou didn't long. want me on, and uh, Macedonia and Phil didn't want me on. You didn't want me on twice a week. <laughs> no, it's my you, idea. And then you forgot yeah. the Sid rap that I do at the oh, end. Oh, no, no. That's coming up in the 9 o'clock hour. We didn't forget it. They actually have a production piece now on Curtis's popular midday show where they play it, and he spends about 10 minutes wrapping up this morning show. Eviscerating everything you say, everything Macedonia Phil says, and everything Lou, you will dreading torture. I'll never forget that day. You were staring at me, and I said to Ron Kuby, we're gone. They're bringing in Imus. I will never forget that till the day I die, Lou. He said something nice about Ron Kuby there. Almost. Almost. Anyway, great job again. Another Grand Slam home run. Curtis Sliwa. Check him out. 12-15 to 1. And the best part of that show, 12-45, the Sid wrap-up. We'll come right back for this hour, which includes Joe Nolan. He's going to explain why he screwed me today for Scott Shannon. And also coming up at 7.40, Anthony Scaramucci. Plus, along the way today, Stephen Van Zandt and Christopher Mad Dog Russo on the Friday edition of Sitting Friends in the Morning. Great job, Kurt. The digital dollar could give the feds control of your money. Get the digital dollar report. Call 1-800-862-6970 and also receive a $1,000 credit from Priority Gold to protect your money. Or just go to digitaldollarreport.com. Please note, the information provided does not constitute financial or investment advice. Bill O'Reilly here, and I'm warming up. Stand by for the O'Reilly Update Morning Edition. On this Friday, some conservatives are upset because the Cambridge Dictionary is redefining the words man and woman. That outfit still lists the gender biological truism, but then adds some woke gibberish. You can look it up on the Cambridge Dictionary. Just throw in man and woman and you'll see all this woke stuff at the end of the definition. At this point, Why does anyone care what the dictionary does? It's tedious, this woke nonsense. Yes, 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 we have to have inclusion and diversity. Fine, great, far out. But discussing this woke stuff and looking to be offended by traditional words like father and mother, man and woman, is a sign of neurosis. That's right, woke people. Some of you are loons and others enable the lunacy. So 
Luckily, I don't need the Cambridge Dictionary because I'm perspicacious. There's a word. So I don't even bother with the dictionary. And I know that the definition of one key word is very important. That word is tiresome. And you want to know the real definition of tiresome? Those who embrace woke tenets. It's tiresome. That is the Morning O'Reilly Update. More analysis later on. Oi! This is Sit in Friends in the Morning. Friends, how many of us have them? 77 WABC. It is raining out there at 729 on your pre-Christmas Friday morning, nine days away now from Christmas 2022 and 2023, right around the corner. I hope a better year for everybody, especially my friends Carol, Melanie, and Brendan, the McGurk family. That was a brutal 2022 for a lot of us. So hopefully 2023 is better for everybody. Now, before we get to a really amazing guest list today, Curtis was just really fantastic. Anthony Scaramucci, one of the most courageous ladies I've ever met. I love this woman. She's on Fox News quite a bit. Asra Nomani started her career with the Wall Street Journal. She actually shared a house in Pakistan with a writer named Daniel Pearl. And you may remember that Daniel Pearl was the first to be abducted by, I guess, al-Qaeda. He was beheaded the same way James Foley and Stephen Sotloff were, and it was because he was Jewish. That was 12 years before Foley and Sotloff, and she shared the house with Daniel, Ashra. That broke her heart. She's going to have to become a very powerful woman in a Muslim world, and she just spoke in front of a House committee just two days ago about being a quote-unquote white supremacist mom. I'm telling you folks, you're going to love her. Asra Nomani coming up at 8.05. Then one of my dearest friends, Silvio Dante from The Sopranos, and of course, stands next to Bruce Springsteen, E Street Band, Little Stevie, Stephen Van Zandt. He's got his annual police ball coming up on Tuesday night where he honors a ton of cops all across this city. He's he's not going to perform, but... Mighty Max Weinberg, Will, Gary U.S. Bonds, a host of others. So little Stevie going to join me at 8.40, 9.05. Half of that legendary Mike and the Mad Dog combination, now a major star on his own, his own Sirius XM channel, his own television show, High Heat on the MLB Network, on this show quite a bit, Christopher Mad Dog Russo, Pete Morgan's in studio. I think Corey Zellner's going to stop by. And uh, Jen from Dolce. In fact, Corey's here if you want to go get the door, uh, Phil. 
But this morning started a little rough. Starters Macedonia Phil was late. And not just a little late, he was an hour late. A full hour. Supposed to be here about 5 o'clock in the morning, showed up at 6. Then I hear Frankie Diaz doing the traffic. And no disrespect to Frankie, I like Frankie, but why would Frankie Diaz be doing the traffic? I said, where's my regular traffic guy, Joe Nolan? And uh, some one of you guys told me, well, he's off today. I said, okay, maybe his grandson's got something. No, no. Turns out he's off today because Scott Shannon does some annual event. And while the event is a beautiful event, I love kids, a hospital. Congratulations to Scott. Don't get me wrong. You don't take a day off from the show you're working on with me, the number one host in New York City, to work with a guy that's retired. And there's a reason why he's retired, by the way. Now, I don't care how many years you've done that. You just don't do that. So now I'm furious with Joe Nolan. And I love Joe. He's a great trap. He's actually great on this show. He provides a lot of content above and beyond traffic on the Bell Parkway. But you just don't do that. You don't trade in the number one show in New York for a guy that is begging stations all over town for work. Did I just say that? Okay, I did. So here he is, the traffic reporter on this show, the great Joe Nolan. I hope you're not playing this wherever you are with Scott right now, live, Joe, if you could. No, no, of course not, no. <laughs> Well, why are you why are you off today, Joe? Well, it's his last show. So I don't care. He's retiring. Of course, it's, well, it's his last. It's his last he, show for a reason. You want this to be your last show? No, 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 no. no. And it's a great cause and everything like that. Uh, you know, I, I, I thought you knew, so I apologize for that because I would have. Uh, from now on, I'll make sure I talk to you first. Well, I'm not that. Now, listen, I'm not like that. I mean, I'm not. I miss, but. And I'm happy you're doing a nice thing, and you're a terrific guy. You're a great husband, a great grandfather. It is a very, very nice cause, but you just never missed a show. Not, not, for, this, not for this. I mean, I'm sorry. I just, but well, you know, listen. Uh, this is the last show, so I get it, and it's all good. Where is it? Where is the show today? Blythdale Children's Hospital up in Westchester. Is that where it is every year? Yeah, every he's done it 31 years. Oh wow! And are these yeah. uh, these are all sick children, Joe? Like uh, yeah, they're all yeah, they're all. It's a rehabilitation hospital. Oh, and, so uh, is, is it similar to what Cohen does out on Long Island? Yes. Or yes, yes, yes. Okay, yes. well, that's a very, very good cause. Similar. Very, very similar. Good. And we're we're right. here raising money for uh, well, he's nice. raising money for uh, for yeah. this hospital. And you know, I yeah. mean, it's it's. I've been doing it every year for well, not every year, but last five years I didn't. But yeah. this was his last. You know, it's the last hurrah. So yeah. I thought it would be. You know, he 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 was nice enough to invite me. The guy is a legend, like you are. Yeah. And you know, on your last show, you invite me someplace, I'll come too. What is my last show? No, it's not. <laughs> it could be today. Who knows? Who else? Who knows? What what other what other uh, New York radio suck ups like you are going to be there today? <laughs> <laughs> Well, Dan, well, Dan, Dan Taylor is here. Yeah. That's a whole list. Dan Taylor is here. Yeah, Dan Taylor, okay. Uh, two of them. Uh, yeah, Dan, Dan Taylor's, Taylor's here twice. Yeah. It's quite yeah, a list and, so far. Uh, yeah. And uh, not really. Uh, um, yeah. Not really uh, anybody. Yeah. Well, I mean, he's got some. He's. <laughs> Let me guess. Dan Taylor's there, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. And Broadway Billy is here. Oh, he's, Broadway Billy Knight. Now, now you get to the all-time greats. Look at this. He's, uh, and uh, Race Taylor is here. Race works there. Yeah, I know. 
And um, I love and it, it's, it's 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 they have Holiday Express playing right now. I'm backstage yeah. talking to you. And uh, well, do you have a role and, in this thing today? Do you dance or sing or? No, uh, I, I've just been walking around saying hello to people. Scott Scott had me on for three seconds to say hello, and that was it. How, so. how do you on where? On the show. Oh, on the sh- now is this show today from the hospital on some radio station somewhere? Yes, yeah, CBS FM. I thought he was done there. I thought it's over. No, today's the last day. Oh, today's the last day. Okay. Yes. I got it. Okay. Well, no one's yes. listening to that. They're listening to me. But uh, thank you very much for uh, calling in. And in all honesty, it sounds like a great cause. I wish you and Scott and everybody the best of luck. These little kids deserve it. I love little kids. So you're doing so, a nice. You're doing so, a nice thing. So Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, I'm there. Let's get this out of the way now. Yeah, well, you're not going to be here Monday. to can news for you. <laughs> Oh, okay. Well, uh, then what? You go, you're going to wait for uh, Christmas? No, we're going to be home. I'm going to be home. Uh, okay. We have a, a lot of the kids are coming to the house. Cool. Kids, everything. It's going to be a lot of fun. Yep. Cool. All right. And well, then, in, in, uh, enjoy uh, today, and we'll we'll uh, we'll talk again on Monday. Monday. Absolutely. And I apologize if there was any confusion. I, I really wasn't even mad. Me. Phil was uh, very upset. Macedonia Phil. I'm fine. It's okay. But he... Well, he was late, wasn't he? <laughs> How do you know this? Why are you, why are you listening over there? Aren't you busy? Aren't you busy, Joe? He doesn't really say anything about me if he doesn't even have the courtesy to show up on time. I, just, oh, I was even upset. Why? How do you know this information? Who's telling you this? Now, I'm, now oh, I am Joe, upset. Joe, that was great. I love you. That was great. He was late. Enjoy yourself and give Scott our best, okay? I will. I All right. Take will. care. Thank you. All right. Thank you, God sir. bless you. All take right. care. Nothing like a bunch of washed-up radio guys at some hospital right before Christmas. I wonder if Dan Taylor made it. No, I don't think Dan Taylor made it this okay. year. Corey Zelnick is in. You look very handsome today. Thank you, sir. You got Good a morning. meeting or something? Got a couple of meetings. I actually got a Christmas party to attend. Oh, who's, whose party is that? A law firm invited me. Is Dan Taylor coming? Uh, yeah, I think he's. I think he's there already. He's waiting for me. <laughs> oh, a law firm. <laughs> a law firm. Authorized dollar? No. Because he's having his party tonight, you know. Oh, really? Yeah, he's on somewhere by your house. Yeah, I didn't make that list for some reason. You didn't make the list? I didn't make the list. That's okay. Do you want to go? I'll talk to him. No, I'm good. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) This is Sid and Friends in the Morning. 77 WABC. Got a bevy of uh, great guests about to come your way. Besides the two in studio right now, Mr. Peeler's spoiler is Pete Morgan and uh, the very handsome Corey Zellner. You're handsome too, by the way, Pete. Got Ashra Nomani coming up. I love this lady. About as brave as it gets. She'll be here at 8.05. Little Stevie, my dear friend from the E Street Band and the Sopranos, Stephen Van Zant, coming up at 8.40. Christopher Mad Dog Russo, the Yankees land a big fish. We'll talk to Doggy coming up. At 9.05, but my next guest, been a friend for a long time and is one of the more respected minds in the country when it comes to the economy, the stock market, politically as well. Very, very astute. And uh, he's back again, making his third visit, I think, in the last four or five weeks. My friend Anthony Scaramucci. Good morning, Mooch. How are you, pal? Hey, say good morning. 
You sound like my mom. It's a big send-up. Thank you. My, mo- <laughs> my, my, my mom wrote that introduction, so she, and you read it exactly the way she wrote it, so thanks. <laughs> Your mother does love you. I do know that for a fact, and uh, so do I. Thank you for coming back today. I want to start, before we get to Sam Bankman-Fried, I was watching uh, our mutual friend Maria Bartiromo this morning, and she was talking about the national debt, the President Joe Biden claiming very recently that he cut the national debt by $1.7 trillion, yet everything else I've read said he added $3.7 trillion, $3.7 to the national debt. Yeah. So the question is, who's right? And if he's lying, does he think we're stupid? Well, I mean, there's a famous cliche, right? There are there are lies, there are damn lies, and then there are statistics. And so he's putting out statistics that show that the deficit is down, but he's leaving out the big fact that the reason it's down is that we were boosting the economy during COVID to the tune of that $1.7 trillion. So we don't need to do that anymore because the economy is more or less open. So he's taking credit for that. So, you know, this is a bipartisan indictment, by the way, because he's on pace for Donald Trump's deficits. You know, Donald Trump printed $7.4 trillion of deficits in four years. Uh, Mr. Biden, in two years, printed $3.7 trillion. So he's, he's tracking what the Trump administration did. And I think this is an indictment of both parties, frankly. And I just want to remind your viewers and, you know, your, your listeners the following facts. Okay, we, we went from George Washington to George Bush, $7 trillion. We went from Barack Obama through Donald Trump into Joe Biden, $24 trillion, and we're now at $31, $32 trillion. So uh, if anybody isn't concerned about that, they need to start being concerned about that. You can't go the first 200-plus years, $7 trillion, and then you rack up in the last 14, $24 trillion. So Joe Biden is wrong about that. And the deficit spending is outrageous, but it, it was also outrageous during the Trump administration. And so these guys have become reckless and they they've decided, well, you know what, we can print the money. Um, and 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 Sid, you and I grew up with blue collar families. OK, when you print the money, you lower the living standards of the middle and lower class. OK, the, the people have the money. No problem. They own the assets. The assets will go up in the nominal dollars. Calvin Klein bought his beachfront house in 1987 for 3.7 million. He sold it like a year and a half ago for 86 million. If you have assets, it'll track the nominal dollars. But if you're working with your time and your energy for your labor, like my dad did, okay, you're getting an hourly wage. You're stealing that money from people when you do this sort of stuff. You know, you devalue the money, and so Joe Biden is at fault. But so are the Republicans. Fair enough. Sam Bankman-Fried arrested in the Bahamas a couple of days ago. You were on about two weeks ago when the the story first broke of FTX and all these people losing a lot of money, lots of big-name celebrities, big-name celebrities that took a bath with this, too. But my real worry, Anthony, is not about, like you just talked about, those rich guys. I worry about those blue-collar Main Street guys, those guys that work 9 to 5 every day and make about $50,000. And I asked the same question to Ron and Santa. I asked the same question to our mutual friend Jason Trennert, and that is this Sam Bankman-Fried story. How does that affect or does it affect the everyday guy in America? Well, I think the good news, and I don't know what Jason said, but uh, most of this crime happened off the shore of the United States. If you look at this man's business, 
Um, his business was primarily off the shore of the U.S. That's why he was based in the Bahamas. He did have U.S. accounts at FTX U.S. It turned out because of the regulatory standards inside the United States, uh, those accounts were actually matched one-to-one, meaning he didn't thieve or steal that money. Now, those accounts, unfortunately, have been frozen inside the bankruptcy. Um, but I would imagine, you know, my old boss, who's 72 years old, used to run compliance at Goldman, looked at this. He thinks that the U.S. investors at FTX will get the money back. Unfortunately, it'll take several years, like MF Global. The FTX International is a totally different story. I think those accounts are at a zero. I don't know where that money is. I don't want to say things that I, you know, make allegations that I don't know is true. Uh, but I think I told you this, Sid. You know, he made an investment in my company, Sam Bankman Freed. And when I found out about this, I flew to the Bahamas on November the 8th. I met with him and his dad. I met with his compliance people. Uh, and it became very clear that they violated the terms of service for FTX International. And they moved billions of dollars from customer accounts into Sam's personal account known as Alameda. Okay, so that is a high crime. Uh, he is innocent until proven guilty, of course. But if you're asking me a point-blank question, based on my knowledge, based on my information, direct non-hearsay information, he did something very, very long, very, very wrong, and he's going to be in jail for a very long time. Okay, so he doesn't so, own— I don't, he, I don't he, think but, the U.S. But, investors are going to get hurt here, okay. primarily because of U.S. regulators, uh, which I want to applaud, actually. But he doesn't own, then at no point did he own any part of Skybridge. You never got that far. No, he does. No, no, no. The bankruptcy court owns 30% of Skybridge. The good news is um, he wanted to buy the whole thing, uh, Sid. The good news is I told him, look, I'm 58 years old. I can't sell the whole thing to you, and I have to take cash for the business. I'm not going to take your stock. Uh, and so he paid cash for 30% of my company. Uh, we're now working with the bankruptcy authorities and the you know the bankruptcy administrator to buy that back. Um, but listen, you know I I did due diligence on him alongside of other people. The good news is he gave me money. I didn't give him the money like some of these other investors. Unfortunately, lost their money. Um, but but you know I'll I'll, I'll resolve it. Uh, but I'm one of probably 50 investments that he made over the last three years. Got it. Anthony Scaramucci joining us on this Friday morning. Really, really good with this stuff. I mean, I got to say the best probably in the country when it comes to all this, if not the world. Um, you know, we've seen so many of these schemes over the years. Bernie Madoff, of course, comes to mind. But you've got Elizabeth Holmes, that uh, scandal, not that old. Now you've got Sam Bankman freed. I'm always shocked, Anthony. I'm shocked that people get swindled by, by guys like this. I mean, it's not like this is a new thing. It's been going on forever. I'm going to make a movie about a guy named Tito DeAngelis. This is back in 1963 when Kennedy got assassinated, when he was stealing millions and almost bankrupted the whole stock market in one day. How do smart people, how do banks and smart people get fooled by these guys all the time? Well, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say something that uh, I think most Americans understand, and this is p- perhaps the greatness of this culture and the country. Uh, we are, by and large, a culture of risk takers, uh, and every American has an immigration story where a family member perhaps themselves came here taking risk. And so, unfortunately, when you are taking risk, whether it's venture capital, moving some money into the cryptocurrency markets because it's a new technology – uh, there's always an induction of some fraudsters. Uh, you may remember Jay Gould manufacturing 
if you remember your 11th grade American history, he was manufacturing bonds that yep. didn't exist yep. and selling them on the rails. And he went to jail for a very long time. And so we had the robber barons uh, in the railroads. We had incidents as the telephone uh, industry was growing. You may remember the Internet dot bomb crisis in the year 2000. There was a tremendous amount of fraud with a lot of those dot com companies. You have Theranos. You have Bernie Madoff. Now you have Sam Bankman Freed. But if you tie a thread through all these people, including the gentleman that you just mentioned, what typically happens is Americans are risk takers. They do buy into stories sometimes uh, and they get caught. But these are the very same Americans that invest in things like Facebook and invest in things like Microsoft. You know, my old boss, Lloyd Blankfein, said to me yesterday, don't feel bad taking the money from the kid. He looked like Bill Gates did in 1971. <laughs> I responded and said, you know, Lloyd, I thought he was the Mark Zuckerberg of crypto. I didn't realize he was the Bernie Madoff of crypto uh, because of the way he was set up. And also remember, you know, his, his mom and dad were university professors at Stanford. One was a compliance law professor. The other was a tax professor. There's a ton of due diligence done on him. But I'm, I'm going to tell your listeners something that they know intuitively. Someone wants to commit a fraud. Uh, they can be very surreptitious about this, and they can do it. Um, but I will tell you as an entrepreneur, it's not going to deter my risk-taking going forward. You don't, you don't grow up in the blue-collar family I grew up in and get to where I am right now without taking risk and sometimes getting snookered by people. Uh, my friend Kevin O'Leary from Shark Tank fame is uh, dealing with the same problem, a little yep. bit different because yep. he was a paid spokesman there. Yeah, I saw that. Uh, so cryptocurrency overall, like I've got friends who are very wealthy in your league and never touch it, wouldn't go there, wouldn't look at it, no thank you, no way. What is your recommendation for cryptocurrency for folks moving forward? Well, listen, every, every, everybody has a different view. Obviously, there's a bear market in cryptocurrency now, so that view is overriding others. But I look at this technology. If you and I were in an elevator, we were going down together, I had to explain the blockchain to you. I would say this is a delayering mechanism, Sid. Uh, someday we're going to go into the restaurant, the Hunt and Fish Club, and we're going to pay uh, with our telephones. Uh, I'm going to wire a stable coin of U.S. dollars or a Bitcoin or something to the waiter, and I'm going to bypass American Express and MasterCard or Visa. That's by the way, by the way, I, I do that. I do that right now, Anthony, with Apple Pay. <laughs> you, you, you do, but you're going through a bank, and the banks typically charge fees. Okay, and 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 you have a lot of people that are unbanked, uh, perhaps not here in the United States, but around the world. You know, the the African continent is is, is adopting cryptocurrency as they've lost confidence in the inflation driven central bank currencies of their own countries. So. So, yes, you do. Um, but there there are charges and loads. Uh, ultimately, what blockchain will do, it, it will delayer the society, and it'll take out intermediaries, middle men and middle women. Uh, that will make for a more efficient and more economically uh, productive and innovative society. So uh, we may not be there today, and there's a lot of boom-bust speculation going on, but I predict over the next five years we'll get there. And I can remember after the dot-com bust in 2000, many of my contemporaries swore off investing in technology. And, man, was that a mistake because 22 years later, Sid, technology investments were arguably the best investments in U.S. economic history. You would have missed Apple Computer, Facebook, Netflix, Google. Uh, if you got burned in the year 2000 uh, on the hot stove of the tech bust, 
uh, you would have missed some of the greatest opportunities of a generation. So I don't want people to get overly scared uh, by the cyclicality of the economy. I just want them to invest small amounts uh, that won't impair their lifestyle and won't impair uh, their long-term trends as they head towards retirement. But if they have a small amount in this, 1%, 1.5%, I don't think it's going to hurt them. If anything, over long periods of time, if they're patient, they're going to be rewarded. But, Sid, remember this. Everybody's a long-term investor until they have short-term losses. <laughs> the minute they have short-term losses, yep. they get very, very upset, and they want to change their discipline. I learned long ago that I, you have to set things and and leave them. There's a reason why dead people at Charles Schwab, their accounts do better than the living. They don't look at the accounts every day. The dead people <laughs> have decided that they don't care about the accounts as much as the living. That is brilliant. 60 seconds to go, Anthony. We all know the history of you and President Trump. Don't need to go there again. But he came out yesterday with these NFT trading cards. And I don't care. Even the most staunchest of Donald Trump's supporters had a lamp at this. What were yeah. you thinking? Well, you know, I watched I watch the boys on Amazon Prime, you know, which is a satire. And uh, there's, a, there's, a, there's an actor there who I'm friends with. His name is Anthony Starr. He plays Homelander. And I would encourage your listeners to Google him this morning. Google Homelander. Donald Trump stole his cape. From Homelander, of course, Homelander was a proto-fascist ubermensch created by Nazis. And so I don't understand why Donald Trump wants to put that image of himself out there. Uh, it's, it's, it's bizarre. Um, I, I get what he's trying to do because, you know, Mr. Trump, President Trump has always been about, been about attention and money. And so I get it. Uh, but I do think uh, there are better – and I said this to you last time you had me on – there are better messengers – for that movement. Uh, I've been a lifelong Republican. I was at the Army-Navy game uh, last weekend. I love my country, and I, I am a, frankly, conservative Republican. But Donald Trump is the wrong messenger for that movement. They would be well served by a Governor DeSantis, a Governor Haley, perhaps a Secretary of State Mike Pompeo, somebody different, um, a younger, fresher person who could hopefully help bind the country to better buying the country together to better, better than Donald Trump. That would be my message to people. Bodito's message to you and to me was amazing interview with Scaramucci. Send him my regards, Bodito. That wasn't a great yeah. conversation, man. You are, you're yeah, great. I love, I love Bo. Tell him to bring me back up to Rayo's, okay? Tell him that that's what I said on the air, okay? What's okay. going on with What's going on with my seat at his table? I'm going to get a text in two seconds. <laughs> Tell Anthony to come next Thursday. Actually, not next Thursday. It's his Christmas party the week after. Hey, listen, that was a great conversation, Anthony. Thank you so much. I mean, really great. great to be on. Thank you. Thank you. All right, buddy. There he is, Anthony Scaramucci. He explains it pretty well, I think, folks. Still a lot more to come. What an exciting 8 o'clock hour we've got ahead. Asra Nomani. One of the most courageous women God ever created. That's how much I think about her. She'll join us next hour. And yes, Silvio Dante from The Sopranos, but even more famously, Little Stevie from Bruce Springsteen's E Street Band, the great Stephen Van Zandt. All that coming up. Keep it right here. Shipping can make or break a sale, so optimize how you ship your orders with ShipStation. They make it easy to automate and manage orders no matter how big your business grows. And they might even be able to help reduce shipping and warehouse costs. So optimize and keep up your momentum for growth with ShipStation. 
Sign up for your free 60-day trial now at ShipStation.com and use the code P-O-D. That's ShipStation.com with the code P-O-D. 77 WABC. This is Sitting Friends in the Morning. No, I get by with a little help from my friends. We're just days until the start of Hanukkah, and it's happened again. Another nasty and brutal anti-Semitic attack, this time in Central Park. And as cops tonight look for the suspect, Eyewitness News reporter Josh Einiger is talking with Jews, worried about what could be next. It does get people nervous, but stand strong. Don't cower away. Don't hide. They're attacking us because we're ambassadors of holiness and of God in this world. The Yankees, according to multiple reports, in agreement with free agent pitcher Carlos Rodon on a six-year deal. Nothing official from the Yanks, Jack. That's not surprising. They like to do the contract language, get the physical, then announce the deal. But we have confirmed, Bob, that it's a $162 million deal to bring Rodon to the Yankees. And ever since the Yankees finished locking up Aaron Judge, their focus and their pursuit has been on Rodon. Hello, everyone. This is Donald Trump. Hopefully your favorite president of all time, better than Lincoln, better than Washington, with an important announcement to make. I'm doing my first official Donald J. Trump NFT collection. They're called Trump Digital Trading Cards. These cards feature some of the really incredible artwork pertaining to my life and my career. It's been very exciting. Great John Katsimatidi stopping in to say hello on this Friday morning. He's always working, that man. I've got Corey Zelnick and Pete Morgan both live in studio and some great guests about to come your way. But, man, I'm really excited to speak to this lady. It's been too long. We were got close down in Florida. And she, um, this lady, it all started at the Wall Street Journal. She was with Daniel Pearl in Pakistan. And you may remember Daniel was abducted. And murdered, beheaded. That was all the way back in 2002. That was 12 years before James Foley and my friend Stephen Sotloff. I still speak to his mom, Shirley Sotloff, all the time. Before they were beheaded by Jihadi John, who has since been taken out by the U.S. government. But this lady is uh, one of the few courageous folks that will speak out against some of the archaic practices in her own religion. She's there for moms all across the country. I saw her not that long ago wearing a cute T-shirt on Fox News. I'm not a terrorist. I'm a mother. And I believe she was on the Hill just a couple of days ago talking about white supremacy and why she doesn't belong in that conversation. Here she is back with me, Sid, my friend, Azra Nomani. Azra, I miss you. How are you? Oh, my gosh. I so miss you. It took me going to Capitol Hill Talk to you again. <laughs> Mama Bear goes to Washington and gets to talk to Sid and friends. Woohoo! Oh, thank you for that. And I didn't even know 
you went to Capitol Hill till after I contacted our mutual friend, Steve Zemak. You just came to mind for some reason. I said, oh, that's so great. Yes, I go, Stevie, where's my friend Asra? No way. And I changed my phone number about 14 months ago, and, and you didn't have it. So yeah. I knew if you tried to contact me, it wasn't going to work. And then Stevie gave me your number, and here we are today. But you were on Capitol Hill. And, in fact, I'm going to play a cut. We actually may, uh, took a cut from you, Asra. Thank Lou, you. you're welcome. Lou, this is uh, cut number 11. Two days ago, House Oversight Committee, my friend Asra Nomani on white supremacy. Two cuts, actually, Asra. Cuts number 11 and 12. Lewis, play them both. I am sitting here before you today, apparently the face of white supremacy. I am wearing a shirt that my father made. My father survived literally white supremacy in India. And so he grew up to be a young man who came to the United States of America because he believed in the values and principles of this great nation. My father made this shirt for me, inspired by the gown that Representative Ocasio-Cortez wore to the Met Gala. And it says on here the names that we, the parents in the United States of America, have been called, including in the video that you featured, Chairman Raskin. Things like domestic terrorists, white supremacists, QAnon moms. What is it that we, the parents, have dared to stand up against in the United States of America over the last couple years? It is a divisive ideology expressed through this book called Critical Race Theory. It is a book that is taught in law schools but it is translated into our school systems with books like this, Not My Idea, a book about whiteness. The trickle-down effect of the demonization of any human being because of their race is books like this. Wow. I have to tell you, Asha, when I watched that this morning, circa 5 a.m., I gave you a rousing round of applause. Oh, my God. Tell us how you got there to the House, to that committee, and, of course, what you've been fighting for the last couple of years. Oh, my gosh, Sid. You know, it's just so kind and, of course, um, smart of you to always remind folks of, you know, what it is that brought me to activism. And that was Thank this you. tragic, tragic murder of my dear friend Danny Pearl. Uh, Danny embodied everything that makes a human being someone's best friend, kindness, humor, um, uh, humility, right? It takes that to be a best friend. And I knew through Danny's murder the dangerous impact of ideology, right? It was the extremist ideology within my faith of Islam that propelled five men to walk into the cell in which Danny was held with two weapons, one a camera and the other a knife, and take from this earth the most beautiful human being. It was an ideology taught in schools, right? Schools that we know of as called madrasas. Well, fast forward for, for almost 20 years, Sid, I'm fighting this extremist ideology called Islamism, you know, to be polite about pol political Islam. And then Lo and behold, in the summer of 2020, I start being confronted by a new ideology that we can call wokeism. And in wokeism, all of a sudden, I, an immigrant from India, am white adjacent. 
my son going to the Stuyvesant of Northern Virginia is a resource hoarder. Aye. Yeah. Aye, and, aye, aye. and Jewish people, what are they? They are just white supremacists for creating the state of Israel. And so that was my, um, that was my, uh, I don't know what you would call it, like a crash course, you know, in this ideological indoctrination. And, and, and since over that, these two and a half years and said, I have studied wokeism, like I studied Islamism. I have in my library, all the books on Islamism. I organize my books chronologically, of course. <laughs> <laughs> and then I go into the 1990s, 2000s, and now 2020s with outrageous books that I brought to Congress with me, like Woke Baby and Not My Idea, a book about whiteness. <clears throat> and then the another favorite, um, Gay BCs, where the T is not for train, but for trans. And, oh, and that's what brought me there, Sid. Well, that makes a lot of sense. Damn you are it. fighting the yeah. good fight. You're fighting the good fight. It's crazy because you come to America. I mean, I remember... One of the first conversations you and I had, you know, you're Indian, as you mentioned, and uh, Islam, and, and uh, I, I, um, your, da- your dad, of course, is a pretty rigid guy. God bless him. And I think you mentioned the word orgasm to your father, and he, like, wanted to kill you. He wanted to kill you. Uh, but, but you didn't care. You're like, Dad, because you are Americanized. You're Westernized. And you come here thinking that what you've been doing the last two and a half years would never, ever, ever be a part of your life. If I would have told you this 10 years ago in America, Asra, you would have said I was nuts, right? Yeah, exactly, Sid, because I thought that this issue of sectarianism was one for my, um, you know, home uh, environment, right, out in Pakistan. I grew up in India, but half my family moved to Pakistan being Muslim, and I thought that sectarianism that kills you know, Shias because of the, from the Shia sect because they're not from the majority Sunni sect or Christians because they're also not, um, you know, Muslim even. I thought that sectarianism was for a place far, far away. And so what we saw, obviously, in the summer of 2020 was, you know, violence in the streets, terror in the streets with it because of a new sectarianism. And I know the cost of it. I mean, in um, Afghanistan, you know, they... They um, have seen it. The, the, the government is taken over again by the sectarians. Who loses their rights? Ev- everyone. And, and democracy loses. And so I thought it was quite ironic that this, you know, multiple hearings have been held on white supremacy, and yet not a single one about this uh, real poison and toxicity that we have in America through we could call it any which names, you know, the hard left, the far left, but unfortunately it's hijacked the Democratic Party also. Yeah, yeah. I mean, even the uh, folks that were supposed to be moderates are now are the same as the far yeah. left, as, the, as the, uh, the wide left, whatever you want to call it. And that brings me to this question. When we talk about some of these, I guess, policies, they're all Democrat policies. That's the bottom line. My wife gets angry. People get angry when you call out a certain part. It's all their policies. Republicans have their fair share of lunatics, too. Don't get me wrong. But these awful things you're talking about belong to one group. I don't remember, Asra, if you were a Donald Trump supporter or not uh, back then, back in 2016, 2020. So remind me if you were or weren't. And if you were, are you still a Trump supporter? 
ha ha, you don't have that, um, you don't see that tattoo over my head that said <laughs> I voted for Donald Trump in 2016. I mean, it's like you put a black light to it, you know, if I go to a cocktail party in Washington, D.C., and, and everybody can see it sort of like 666 across <laughs> the, my forehead. Yeah, I, I don't know how you miss that, Sid. It must be because we're on the radio. Um, yeah, yeah, I voted for Donald Trump in 2016 because as a Muslim, I had seen the hijacking of the Democrat, you know, establishment by the Islamists that are anti-women, anti-LGBTQ, anti-liberal, right? All the, the values that I thought America embraced, all of a sudden, we had Rashida Tlaib and AOC and Ilhan Omar promulgated, you know, catapulted to the forefront as the new faces of the of the Democrats in the U.S. And I thought, whoa, you guys are really have your values turned upside down. So, yes, I cast my ballot for Donald Trump in 2016. And headline news, I voted for him in 2020 uh, because I saw that with Joe Biden, we had also now a new yeah. ideology in wokeism. Yep. Uh, right in the days right before the election, Kamala Harris thought that she was going to win the hearts and minds of good classic liberals with this ridiculous uh, video about equity over equality. And I thought to myself, you know, this is exactly where we lose yeah. academic achievement. Well, now today I, I do understand I helped – I don't know if you know this, but I helped um, – the Virginia Governor Glenn Youngkin win because I had seen Terry McAuliffe, you know, throw parents under the bus, and um, and I I see better alternatives now as do a lot of um, Republican voters I think uh, than the the um, you know role that Donald Trump could play right now. You you do remember that I covered um, the mergers and acquisition era yeah, of the yeah. 1990s, so yeah. I know these guys really well. Yeah. Do you know no, what I mean? I, I covered Carl Icahn. I remember you, all that. Yes, remember that yeah. he like destroyed TWA. I remember so, it well. But but you're coming across. You have about 60 seconds yeah. to go. As a lot of my other friends who enthusiastically voted for Donald Trump yeah. in 2016, very enthusiastically voted for Donald Trump in 2020, and while always appreciative and love his policies, they yeah. are staying very far away if, in fact, he's there in 2024. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I call um, us now the um, not-again Trumpers, right, um, because that's <laughs> it's not a condemnation of him and the role that he played, um, but there are better alternatives like uh, Ron DeSantis, who has understood the parent agenda and um, and the, and Governor Yunkin and and even you know Nikki Haley. There's so many alternatives out there, and so I hope that he has a successful retirement and continues to serve the country. But the truth is that there's like a, um, a, a phenomenal, phenomenal, fired up. Um, movement of not only parents but a lot of other Americans that are fed up that can be galvanized toward I think more productive solutions more productive presentation let's say anyway at a minimum um, and and I think the hearing exhibited it like we are there to challenge you know we are there here to challenge the quote swamp we are here to challenge the establishment and um, and and we we can we got this Yep. No, I agree. And that parental act that Ron DeSantis, which they called the Don't Say Gay Bill, gay never mentioned once, was terrific. And that should be something, I think, instituted 
federally and all across the country. You're great. I'm so happy you and I have reconnected. I want to bring you on all the time, Asra. All the time. I'm here. I'm right here in my pajamas waiting (laughs) (laughs) waiting to talk to you. (laughs) Well, congratulations on the Capitol Hill appearance and all the great things you've done the last couple of years. And uh, you know I love you. I'll always love you. And we'll talk a lot more often, I promise you. Happy holidays. Happy holidays. Love you all. All right. Take care. Asra Nomani. Great to have her back. She is just a beautiful, really bright lady. And courage, folks. You don't even know. Capital C. Hey, I do want to thank, you know, yesterday we had this great radiothon, and it was six hours, and we were all very, very hungry afterwards. And I saw my good buddy Frankie and the fine folks at Grimaldi's, one of my favorite pizzerias here in New York. I love Grimaldi's. And Frankie was kind enough to stop by with like 100 pies, like 100. And it was delicious. One Irishman had a complaint. They don't know pizza. Trust me, Grimaldi's is great. Frankie, you're great. In fact, I'm going to take you up on your offer and have Gabe come to Grimaldi's and actually make pizza right there at your restaurant. That was a very nice offer. Grimaldi's, folks, we love you. Thank you so much. We'll take a short break. Still to come this hour, Lydia Reports and Sopranos, East Street Band, Bruce Springsteen, all of it. Little Stevie, Stephen Van Zandt, coming right up. This is the 77 WABC Lou Dobbs Financial Report. Recession fears driving Wall Street sell-off to end the week. The Dow Jones Industrial suffering its largest decline in three months, down 764 points yesterday. All three major indexes now on pace for sharp weekly losses. Ford Motor Company hiking the price of its cheapest electric truck, the baseline F-150. Lightning is increasing 9% to nearly $56,000. Ford's electric vehicle sales rose more than 100% for the fifth straight month in November. American Airlines making it harder to earn frequent flyer miles, one of a number of changes the airline is making next year. American is getting rid of its miles saver and anytime awards. The stock dropped 3% after yesterday's announcement. Natural gas at its highest level in two weeks, surging 9% yesterday. Utilities pulling from U.S. reserves as demand continues to soar. Please join me several times each weekday right here on 77 WABC. This is the Lou Dobbs Financial Report. Keep listening for more to 77 WABC for the Lou Dobbs Financial Report. This is Lydia Reports on 77 WABC. Here's Lydia Serrani. This report is sponsored by the Seafire Grill. Across the city, Sid, illegal pot shops are sprouting like weeds. Officials think it's pot, but this merchandise, if you take a look at it, it's super commercialized in this specialized package which obviously targets kids. It looks like candies. Literally, the package looks like Skittles, Tricks, Nerds. There's even one called Captain Crunch that looks like that cereal. Remember that we ate it as kids and it like messed I, up your I, gums? I still eat it. Uh, my son loves Captain <laughs> Crunch. I still eat it. By the way, I, I eat all of them. I eat uh, Lucky Charms. I eat Fruit Loops. Oh my God. I eat all that. And just so but you not know. The, not the drug ones. Not the drug ones because not only are they putting marijuana in these cereals. I know you know this already, but the audience may not know this. But Skittles, especially fentanyl. 
Right. And, and, but these, these shops that are, they're popping up in New York city and kids are going in. So it's supposed to be pot, but it's not really pot. It's like, it's pot supposedly it's like that you can vape or whatever, but then they also put all these chemicals in it. So there's actually shops and the city cracked down on these places. They, they uh, went to 53 locations, the New York city sheriff's office, and they issued more than 500 violations over a hundred thousand products seized. And it's really scary to me. I also heard about this gas station heroin. So it's like this, this, I don't even want to name what the product is because I don't want to give people the heads up about it, to be honest with you, to give it more. But you can literally go to a gas station and buy it and people are getting hooked on it. And they're saying that it's like heroin. And you, well, what, what, and people, I'm just curious. Is there a certain gas station? Is it a shell? It's all is across it? the country. It's all across the country at these little get. You know how you can go at the counter there and you buy those little like shakes. It comes in like a little bottle. Oh, you mean the, they have like the uh, the convenience store at the gas yes. station? Yes. Oh, you go yes. in there and buy drugs yes. like a bodega. Same thing, right? Well, it's right. not like a technical drug. It's supposed to be a supplement, you know, to like kind of pick you up and wake you mm. up. But people are getting high off of it and they're right. getting addicted. So there's no regulations. That's what I don't understand like the new york city sheriff's office mayor adams they they're talking about you know cracking down on all of these illegal products and but like where is the fda where is anybody cracking down they're they're targeting our kids we don't know there's chemicals in it this isn't the pot that like back in the i never smoked weed but i'm just saying like i know like uh you know you you saw it like the festivals and stuff that well, people woodstock, use. This is woodstock, not your, yeah, woodstock, woodstock yeah woodstock right, right, this right. is not that kind of pot no this stuff like really makes you sick remember k2 do you remember yes. that K2 stuff that people yes. were buying at the convenience stores? Yeah. I remember I did a story about it when I was at Fox 5, and I went up to Harlem. And before they got rid of that, you saw people walking up and down 125th Street looking like zombies. So uh, once again, we have these products that keep popping up, and they're targeting the kids. And I don't even understand how it even happens to begin with, how they're even made. I don't know either, and I don't know how these stores are getting them. I know that some yeah. of the stores you're talking about in the city, Lydia, have been there before. They, they've been there for yes. years. They would sell bongs. They would sell accessories, that type of yes. thing. Now they've added gummies in some cases, fewer than most, but some cases, the actual weed and the stuff you're talking about. And I know that Eric Adams, the mayor, Mr. Mayor Eric Adams, went on a rampage yesterday and wants to start shutting these things down. And I'm all for that. So between his homeless plan, which he wants to take the homeless off the streets, and, of course, this, those are now, I think, two consecutive plans coming from the mayor that I like. Now, let's see how they actually do it and if they're really going to be done. That's a whole other story, but I like the plan. He's doing all he can, to be honest with you. I mean, at least he's trying to do something because you would have some officials that say do nothing. I can't believe every time I read an article about his mental health initiative where he wants to force people that are homeless and unable to take care of themselves into treatment, which I think is the humane, empathetic thing to do. I mean, these people are slowly committing suicide on the streets. And yet when you read the articles, they're like mental health advocates are against Mayor Adams' mental health well, initiative they're, 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 to right. force people into care. Well, I don't care about the forcing people. They're stupid about that. You're right. That's stupid. Yeah. But they do bring up, especially Jumani Williams. I'm not a fan of Jumani Williams, but I did see him do an interview and he brought up two, two things that uh, you have to talk about. One is, do we have the bed space? to actually take care of these people. And secondly, once you put them there for a week or two, what happens then next? What? So those then are two fair questions.
Absolutely. And, you know, it, but that, that problem preceded Mayor Adams. I'm not sure. Yes. I'm going to get now all these emails and texts. Oh, are you sticking up for Mayor Adams? Oh, no, that's he, what they say. God, he, I stick up I, for Mayor but, Eric Adams, too. If they don't like it, then move out. God, who cares? I'm, I'm a common sense kind of person, and at least the guy is trying to do something. And this is a broken system. This was broken long before he came into office. And we should have mental health hospitals Instead of these weed shops, those shop, those those places should be popping up all over the city. And instead of drug injection centers, maybe they should have these mental health centers popping up all over the city. That's what I don't understand. It's like, oh, here's the drug. Here's the, you know, the drug is outside. You know, at these in- drug injection sites, you got people waiting outside to to sell people drugs. They go in, they get the free needle, they come out and they get high. And then the people inside the facility come out and they give them the Narcan to wake them up. <laughs> Shut those down and make them mental health facilities or something like that. I, I don't know. It's just really kind of crazy what's going on in our world, Sid. But we're trying to save America, right, Sid? Yes, and we're doing a very lousy job, I have to say. <laughs> <laughs> Are you going to have an amazing weekend? I'm going to have an amazing weekend. Uh, really, the weekend extends to Monday for me, Lydia. you like this because Monday, for the first time in three months... I'm going to see my daughter. Ava's coming home from Europe, from college. Oh, that beautiful girl. God bless. You are one of the hardest working men in show business. The energy and the passion that you bring every single morning for four hours straight is unparalleled. And that's why you deserve to be number one. And again, this report is sponsored by the Seafire Grill. It's in Midtown Manhattan. It's a beautiful atmosphere. The freshest seafood, the best service. My favorite delicious seafood choice. Check it out. TheSeafireGrill.com. Find a fresh take on a fall getaway to Wilmington, North Carolina and beaches. Enjoy hiking trails in a state park, fresh seafood with a side of live music and fall festivals galore. Then live it up along the Riverwalk in Wilmington's historic downtown. With three island beaches, Carolina, Curie and Wrightsville and a vibrant downtown, you get the best of the Carolina coast all in one place. Plan your fall getaway at WilmingtonandBeachesVacation.com. Is sit in friends in the morning. Entertaining and informative. Oh, you're my best friend. 77 WABC. First radio job ever in New York City. The year was 2022 years ago. I was co-hosting with Scott Kaplan. Mornings, 102.7 FM, WNEW. That station was red hot back then. Ron and Fez, Don and Mike, Leslie Gold, the radio chick. But the the hot show, of course, was Opie and Anthony. And we played this uh, game show once a week, a sports game show. And the name of the game show was Ties That Bind. And we used that Springsteen song, to come in from break to play the game, I'll give you an example of one of the questions. Dallas Green, Yogi Berra, Casey Stengel, Joe Torrey. Ties that bind. 
Want to take a guess, Corey? Mets managers? Close. Pete? I don't know. Men that managed both the Mets and, and the Yankees. Oh, very good. There you go. Very that was good. a tie that binded. So that was the game we played, and the folks at FAN heard it when I was at WNEW. Lee Davis, Connie Fitzgerald, Mark Schoenhoff, they're like, that was such a smart game. Come to FAN. <laughs> Basically, I swear to God. Anyway, my next guest uh, probably wrote that song. I don't know. But he's the greatest guitarist in the world. Stands next to Bruce Springsteen with the E Street Band every concert. And has been there from day one. Also a tremendous actor. You know, he was Silvio Dante on The Sopranos. But folks don't realize this. He had his own show. The very first Netflix hit ever was a show called Lilyhammer. And Stephen Van Zandt was the star of that show and was called, was called by more than one as the greatest acting performance ever for any show, including Jimmy Gandolfini and others, for his role in Lilyhammer. Here he is, an American icon, a true star, but most importantly, one of the nicest guys you'll ever meet and a dear friend of mine, the great little Stevie, Stephen Van Zandt. Good morning, Steve. <laughs> Morning, Sid. How you doing? I'm good. That's a true story, that Lilyhammer story, right? They said you were the greatest acting performance ever. Well, that's not, that's all, it's a slight exaggeration. <laughs> <laughs> Me? I would never do that. Come on, Stevie. <laughs> <laughs> I, I know that's very uncharacteristic of you, Sid, but uh, uh, no, we, we did. There are these international awards every year, the TV awards in, in Monte Carlo, and, um, and Lilyhammer did win Best Show in the World two years in a row for our second and third seasons. And I did win best actor in the world also for second and third seasons. Uh, wow. But uh, yeah, but you know, it was just for that season. It was, it wasn't that great. I don't care. <laughs> no, you're the, you're the greatest actor. ever. That's it. I don't care. In fact, you know, it's funny. You and I just shared a stage together in Rockaway. Our mutual friend, Joe Murray, who donated $10,000 yesterday to our tunnel to towers radiothon, Joe and Alex. Thank you for that. But he, uh, he's got this huge Christmas thing every year in Rockaway, and you came this year because Tony Sirico passed away and I was with you. And I was trying to make that point about Lilyhammer. Mike Sullivan saw it. He goes, you were trying to make that point? I said, yes, but I couldn't get to it. But uh, nevertheless, the resume is still very impressive. But what you're doing, Steve, on Tuesday night is such a big deal. You have to know that the owners of this station, John and Margot Katsimatidis, are very, very tight with the PAL, they donate thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars. We are very pro-police. As you know, Stevie, at this station, we do events for the police. Yesterday, during the radiothon for Tunnel to Towers, I had a young lady sitting next to me whose husband was a cop who was murdered, a young daughter, Genesis. Her mom was murdered. We love the cops here at WABC. And what you're doing on Tuesday night, Stevie, is really special. Let the folks know. Yeah, yeah. Thank you, Steve. We, um... Yeah, first of all, we should mention that the uh, the wonderful uh, Joe Murray event was for children's diabetes, and uh, yes. and that's been such an amazing success. And I, I, I did want to fulfill uh, the role that uh, my 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 good friend Tony Sirico had 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 done so many years. It was he was he loved that that event so much, and I was honored to uh, honored to be asked to take his place. Um, this is uh, this is for two other uh, charities. Uh, again, uh, very noteworthy. Uh, something called uh, with, with arms wide open, which is uh, uh, for for children with special needs, you know, police police children with special needs, which uh, 
I'll talk about in a second. But uh, and the other uh, charities, the Detective Endowment Association, uh, Widows and Children's Fund. And um, me and, and uh, uh, Detective Kevin Schroeder, uh, my partner, uh, um, have been doing this now, um, geez, I don't know what it is, five, six years, seven years, something like that. And... Uh, and we've raised uh, we've raised over a million dollars and, and uh, through the years, and so it's a, a wonderful thing. We we what we do is it's, it's an, a little bit of an odd situation where we we sell tables, uh, and, and we tell people buy a table and then don't come. Wait a second, wait a second. You tell people give me give me twenty five thousand dollars for a table, but don't come. <laughs> but don't but don't come because we because we, we we want it to be a nice night for the for the police to have their their annual Christmas party. And we invite uh, 350 police, you know, oh, and, wow. and the, the police and their wives. Nice. And they come instead of you, you know. Uh, so they have a nice, a, a beautiful night out for for free, obviously. And uh, and and the charity, uh, you know, the charities, the two charities get the money. <laughs> so uh, so it's a, it's a, it's an odd it's an odd kind of thing, you know. Most people, you know, when they pay that much for a table, they they want to come. But we tell them, you know, buy, buy a table and stay home. <laughs> <laughs> That's fantastic. No, it's great. And then the cops show up, and it's – I know you've got all these great musical acts. Uh, Mighty Max Weinberg, your drummer with the yeah. E Street Band. I've seen him perform at the Hard Rock. He's great. His band, uh, Gary That's U.S. Right. Bonds. But you don't perform, right. right, Stevie? That's right. Yeah, yeah. It's the Max, Max Weinberg big band. So he brings a, a big orchestra, and they have all kinds of wonderful music. They play in all the, you know – Great mambo music and uh, and all kinds of big band music and and then uh, Gary U.S. Bonds, who's still one of the great performers, uh, one of the great, one of the last of the great original pioneers of rock and roll, still uh, still with us and still strong as ever. And um, and Killer Joe, another uh, uh, like a like a rock and roll garage band. They they usually close out the night when everybody's uh, had a few drinks, you know. Right. And uh, you know, and, and Vinny and uh, Vinny Pastor, of course, uh, we all know as Big Big Pussy from Sopranos. Uh, Vinny Pastor was the host uh, this year. This year, right? And so yeah, till last know, year. Uh, and, and, and we're uh, and we're honoring uh, uh, Frank Carano, who uh, most people know uh, as the uh, chief of staff of Mayor Adams and. Uh, uh, wonderful man. Uh, so, so, so you know, we always honor somebody, and we always honor uh, a few police also who have uh, done outstanding work that year. So, it's a, it's, a, it's a wonderful annual thing. It's basically a Christmas party for the police. Awesome, uh, awesome. So they, get, they get a chance to relax and just you know have a nice night out with their wives, and uh, and, and the charities. Uh, you know, we always give uh, you know whatever whatever we have uh, to to the charities, and there's no you know the uh, uh, what else can I say about it? It's just this, uh, you know, the, you know, we'll, we'll give you the information you can put on the website in case people want to donate. You know, that's nice. We, we, we appreciate that certainly, you know, but, uh, other than that, it, it's just, uh, it's just a, a wonderful, uh, you know, the, the Mandarin, the Mandarin, uh, uh, the Mandarin hotel. Nice. Uh, give us a, a wonderful deal there, you know, basically for, you know, to give it to us for, for the expenses. Yeah, it's a nice, uh, beautiful dinner, uh, beautiful dinner and drinks. Everything's free. And, um, you know, we get a great deal. So most of the money that comes in, you know, we have no overhead whatsoever. You know, we don't, we, we're one of those, one of those organizations that uh, all the money just goes right to the charity yep. other than the expense of that evening, which is 
usually very, very, very reasonable. So, they're, you know, they're wonderful. Yeah. The manager. They, it sounds great. And I know Frank Carone, he's actually stepping away from that job with the mayor in January and uh, going back to work. But uh, he, uh, he works very hard for Mayor Eric Adams. And so it's a nice honoree. Now, I have to bring up something with you that is going to be deemed controversial, okay? But I feel okay. like you and I being friends for over 20 years, and at this point I would say really, really good friends. Is it fair to say that? Absolutely. Okay. Um, a lot of folks say to me, wait a second, Stevie has his police ball, which you've been doing on, like you said, for six, seven years, raised a million dollars. But there is this idea out there that Bruce and some of the guys with the band are kind of anti-police because Bruce got arrested a couple of years ago, that whole drinking incident, and the song 41 Shots. So I keep defending you, Stevie, and the band. I say, hold on a second. Stevie raises money for the cops. Stevie actually won an award last year where the police here in New York recognized Stephen Van Zandt as one of their most loyal people. Well, wait a second. What about that song? So if somebody said that to you, what would you say? I would say, first of all, it's incorrect. Uh, Bruce and the band is, is, uh, is just as just as supportive of, of law enforcement as I am, uh, number one. Number two, the song, people have never, have always misinterpreted that song. If you really look at the lyrics, which nobody bothers to do, the, uh, Bruce explains that the tragedy is equal to, uh, to not only the victim, but the uh, police who unfortunately had the, you know, mistaken identity, whatever it was, to, to, uh, to cause the uh, incident. Uh, it's just as tragic for the police who felt, uh, uh, you know, it's just, it's just a bigger tragedy on, on both sides, in right. other words, which the lyrics are very clear about. You know, and and uh, and look, I am I am uh, you know I am I I am a, a law and order liberal independent. Okay, I'm not I'm not I'm not Democrat. I'm not Republican. I'm not uh, I'm not either one of those extremes. Uh, you know, who think the police are always perfect or the police are always bad. All right, you know, we all understand there's some reforms needed. You know, in in in, in the police world. But uh, the, the incidents that always get the publicity are, uh, you know, one percent of what's going on in That's law right. enforcement. That's right. You know, and, and they always, you know, so all they get is the bad publicity, which is why I started this thing in the first place with Kevin Schroeder and Detective Kevin Schroeder, because I said, you know, uh, we need to represent the show business part of, of of the world, you know, the part of the show business world that supports the police, because most of us do. You know, and, and you don't have to be an extreme right winger to do it, you know. Uh, listen, I agree. Uh, uh, and, and I know that when I go to a Springsteen concert, for example, Stevie, and I've gone to, I think, 38 at this point, and I can't wait to see you guys again in August of next year, it's all cops. They, 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 they love the shows. They, you, you can't get enough cops course. in those buildings. Uh, are you kidding me? And, and Bruce has lots of police friends, lots of police friends. All right? you, know, you know, and they understand, you know, something needed to be said. That was a very unfortunate incident. Uh, that particular incident he talked about in the song, you know, and, 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 you know, and there have been, you know, there have been dozens of others. We all know, uh, you know, they get all the publicity and those incidents are unfortunate and they are fixable. You know, I mean, we need, uh, we need, uh, there are certain things, you know, instead of uh, the, the concept of defunding the police, we need to, we need to fund the police with more money. Right. So there's more training. Okay. Uh, most people don't realize that the police are limited to how much how much time they can spend on the range, 
how much how many bullets they can use on the range. You know, it's, it's limited, which shouldn't be. All right, there should be more time on the range. In my opinion, there should be a year or two of martial arts training before a policeman ever touches a gun. I like that. In the, in the academy. Yeah. Okay? You know, when I grew up, police were tough, man. I didn't, you didn't need a gun in my neighborhood. All right, you were, you were afraid of the local cop because he was a tough guy. Yeah, okay? like Bo Deedle. Bo Deedle will smash your face in. You know what I'm saying? That's right. <laughs> you, know, they, they know. you didn't see policemen you know, shooting people in the back. No. You know, or shooting people because they were being attacked on angel dust. You know what I mean? You, you didn't see that kind of stuff. No. So that, that kind of stuff needs to stop. It does. You know, there's problems that need to be, that need to be, needs to be dealt with. But, uh, you know, that's, that's what I mean. And, and, so, you know, but that, that doesn't mean... Uh, that that doesn't mean you 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 know you take the money away. That that that, that needs more money. Okay? Right, I so, agree. You know, if anything, so so you know, you know, so there is there is there is there is some reforms that are needed, but unfortunately, the one percent of the of the of the terrible incidents that happen get all the publicity. And you talk to anybody, and I don't care. I'm talking. This this includes my black friends and, and everybody else. You know, I did. They, they they need police. They they they're the first ones that want police in in their neighborhood. Believe me. No doubt. No doubt. You know, my problem with society is we're not dealing with the fact that you know why do we have black neighborhoods? Okay, that 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 you know that 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 should be the first discussion. Okay, what 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 caused society? to have black neighborhoods. I mean, the first, you know, the biggest scam ever perpetrated on the black population was telling the black population that black neighborhoods was their idea. You know, the, the black, the, the hood, you know, the, the, the black community, you know, it's not their idea. We shouldn't have black neighborhoods. When, when are we going to invite black people to join the rest of us in America? That's what I want to know. Uh, I mean, it's, you know, I will say this, Stevie, um, because I live by Howard Beach now, by Michael. Michael's in Breezy. I'm in Rockaway. And uh, when I was a kid, you never saw a black person in Howard Beach. And now I go to Lenny's, I see plenty of black people, which I'm happy about, by the way. Um, so it is, it, it's not there yet. You're right. There are still, quote, unquote, black neighborhoods. And a lot of white people want to keep it that way. I get it. But we are seeing uh, some changes. Not dramatic yet, but some no, over the last no, no, couple no, no, of years. No, no, no. We're, we're making improvements, but they're, they're very slow. And they're way too slow, you know? But my my point is that that you know nobody really uh, in, in, whether they're in show business or 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 in the black neighborhoods or anywhere else no you know the vast majority of people support the police okay yes period yes all right yep. including Bruce Springsteen all right he's a huge supporter of the police we all are you know and Bruce felt it was necessary to to make that statement but if you look at the lyrics he, he it was equal sympathy. For a policeman who shoots somebody who doesn't have a weapon on him, you know, you know, he, he was sympathizing and empathizing with the fact that the policeman, I'm sure, felt very bad about that. Yes. Okay. Yep. You know, it was not like everybody celebrating the fact he's shooting an unarmed guy. Right. You know, so the point was, you know, equal sympathy, equal empathy for both sides, and it needs to stop. Uh, listen, I, I agree. I agree, and I'm glad you you talked about this because you really you really put some common sense, common sense, uh, like you talk about bipartisan talk to not just Bruce in that song, but how society should deal with these things moving forward. That's why I love you. That's why, Steve, I'm going to be there with Danielle with you guys on Tuesday night. And all I will say is keep acting, keep playing music. But keep talking, because you're a great voice in our community. Thank you.
so are you, Sid. Thank you, and thank everybody up there, Sid, and friends. And, uh, you know, uh, we'll, we'll see everybody on Tuesday. See you Tuesday night, my friend. That is a great job, Stevie Van Zandt. Great. Thank you so much. It's my man, little Stevie. That's got a pretty serious conversation. See, everybody always talks about 41 shots. I actually brought it up. Big 9 o'clock hour still to come your way, including a guy that's even a bigger fan than me and Lua Bruce Springsteen, the legend Christopher Mad Dog Russo. Keep it right here. WABC. This is Sit in Friends in the Morning. No, I get by with a little help from my friends. It's deplorable. Get him out. late last night that uh, the young lady that I mentioned earlier that was here yesterday whose husband a police officer was killed in the line of duty a couple of years ago oh I love this girl she was terrific she really was and uh, she's got two little boys they're hockey boys I mentioned that her name is Lisa Tuizolo she's listening right now and Pete Morgan here from Peerless Boilers has a list of nine hockey games Ranger games that um, he's offering to Lisa and her two sons, starting with the Islanders on the 22nd. We'll get to that later. And how about Stephen Van Zant moments ago? I've never heard anybody ask him. He does his police ball every year. And there's this, this idea out there, which is incorrect, and him and Bruce hate the cops because of 41 shots. And Bruce got arrested last year. He was embarrassed. Pretty good explanation by Van Zant saying, hey, look, if you listen to the lyrics of the song, we sympathize, we empathize with both, the cop and the victim. Now, Rufino, you know Bruce. Is that true? In that song, do they empathize with both? I have to look at the lyrics Okay. Again. I, I, I think everybody's, uh, first of all, the title turns everybody off. That's I know, what I know, 41 is, Shots, yeah. Because it spurred, it seems like that's, the incident spurred yeah. the whole song. Yeah. And that's why people think, yeah, he decided with, the, you know, with the, victim, the incident yeah. and the yeah. victim. Yeah. I remember watching the trial, too. Me, too. Uh, it, was, it was fascinating. They, it was fascinating, yeah. and I, yeah. I, I thought there, were, there was the right verdict. Well, my next guest would know. He knows every lyric to every Bruce Springsteen song. He's the greatest sports talk personality in the history of the business, evidenced by that Mike and the Mad Dog show. Of course, he's got his own channel on Sirius XM, the Mad Dog Channel, Daily Show, fantastic, tremendous baseball show, High heat on the MLB Network. From David Letterman to going to the Hall of Fame in Chicago this year, here he is, the all-time best, Christopher Mad Dog Russo. Doggy, 41 shots. Does that song empathize, sympathize with the cop and the victim or just the victim? I wish I knew the answer. Good morning there, Good morning. Sydney. Uh, good job, Louie. Good to hear from you again. I don't know that either. I think that uh, I have to go back and look at those words. I think Louie hit it right on the head. I think the 41 shots 
I think that, and he says 41 shots about 9 million times in a song. Aye. 41 shots. I mean, geez. I mean, he says it 25. So because of that, I think most people think it's an anti-cop song. I remember one year he played it at the Garden, and I was there, and he got booed. Oh, boy. Um, but I, I did not hear Stevie with you today. Um, uh, I, you know, uh, I, I don't have the answer for you on that. He doesn't play that very often now. Uh, I think most people think it's anti-cop, but you guys might be right. And the CD, uh, he would know better than well, anyway. and, and I'll tell you why it came up, Doggy, is because uh, Stevie does an annual event. for the. It's called the Police Ball, which I'll be out with him right. on Tuesday night. And he invites right. people, like 350, 400 cops. And you know going to all of his concerts, Bruce's concerts, Chris, you've even given me your tickets once, that cops love Bruce Springsteen. So... I don't think it's the cops that are mad at Bruce. It's the everyday folks, maybe Republicans, that are mad at Bruce about songs like that. Right. Is that right? You might be right. You might be a thousand percent right. I, I, I don't. I, I don't know that answer. I wish it did. You know, we haven't seen Bruce in, in a long time. You know, in a tour scenario where you're gobbling up information after information, tidbit after tidbit, been six years. So as a result of that, you're sort of a little out of the verses, songs, how he does them. Crowd reactions, you're not in the flow of it. Uh, you know, when he starts here February 1st in Tampa, I think maybe we'll get a little more, I you know we'll be back into it and we'll concentrate a little more. You know, you listen to all the songs, you buy the albums, you go back to your old tapes and you plug them in and you'll listen because we'll all be into it. I'm not into it right now. You know, like for instance, this last album, you know, which I loved, Letter to You. I mean, I haven't heard, really, I haven't heard it top to bottom in about two years. So right. I'm a little out of that. Yep. So once you get into it again, we'll, we'll get focused on it. But Louis made a great point. I do think the 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 title of the song gives you maybe a wrong impression. Yep. I think that's an excellent point. Yeah, I think he's right, too. Uh, before we get to the Radon signing and what the Mets are doing, I come to work this morning. I go, Chris is coming on today, Russo. And, you, you know, everybody loves you here. Of course they love you. But they all said the same thing to me. Did you hear Chris? playing Hollywood Squares on Stern Show on Tuesday. Just so you know, Chris, I do listen to Howard Afternoons. I still think he's great. I think he's great. I model a lot of my stuff right after him, to be completely honest. Uh, It's still fun for you doing that show, yes? Well, that's the first time I've ever done it. Uh, And it was, you know, a a new experience, let's put it that way. Um, But, uh, you know, uh, when, when they ask you to go on that show, you make it your business to do so. Uh, so, I mean, I did not know all the characters. Uh, I know them now. Yeah. I thought I played the game right. That they went to me three times, and I actually uh, convinced them that an answer that I gave them, uh, Bob Kraft's place down in Florida, where he got himself in trouble in, <laughs> I said, change table, and the Marine uh, or the Navy SEAL thought I was right and I was wrong, so I actually threw him off. Uh, so, I mean, I actually, uh, you know, I learned something of how the game's played. I learned some of his characters there on the show. Uh, I did not know that much about it before I got on there. Uh, I got to I got to uh, Howard's studio that day, quarter to seven, and it was on for two hours. So yep. I learned something. Uh, you know, we have a good relationship, Howard, which is hard to believe after all these years where he, you know, he likes me. So from that standpoint, uh, yeah. you know, if Howard likes you, that's a huge plus. Well, he always liked you. He doesn't. He doesn't like Mike, who well, I did I speak to. Me. You know, he didn't know me. Remember, yeah. he didn't know me. You know, he's known me since the Sirius XM. Right. I mean, right. he didn't really know me, uh, you know, when I was with you over there at FAN. So, but he but he does like me, so he asked me to do it, and I, I loved I mean, I did it, and I will do it again if they ask. They gave me the top left square. 
So when he goes around and does all the interviews with all the squares, I was the first one he talked to, and he is down on the Radio Hall of Fame nonsense, and he knows I like it. He meant a lot to me, so he tweaked me on that for 20 minutes. But for the most part, uh, you know, when I go on there, we have a good time. And I usually can turn the tables on him, and I can interview him instead of him interviewing me. That's right. You do a great job with that. Yes. enjoy I yes. think that's why people enjoy the spot. I couldn't do it this time because it was a different kind of thing. Yeah. I will tell you that I I, uh, I started doing edibles because of you on the Howard Stern Show, and now I'm addicted. It's a stressful Christmas season. My NFL betting has been awful. So maybe if I take about eight of them before I bet Miami Buffalo, I'll get a game right. <laughs> Oh, that's funny. You know, one other thing I read this week before we get to the baseball stuff is I I think in the post I read this. You know, I spoke to Mike Francesa two days ago. He's traveling, so he couldn't join me. No, he he came on like three weeks ago. He was going to come on this Wednesday, ended up traveling. I don't know where he went. It doesn't matter. But I did read this week that there was some serious conversation. You become an ESPN star. I did have Stephen A. Smith on Monday. I brought you up. He loves you. But there was an article in the Post that you and Mike were being considered to uh, team up once again at ESPN. Is that true? You know, I swear to God, when uh, Mr. Marshawn wrote that, I, I, that was the first I've heard of it. Um, I think there was a scenario where they wanted to bring Mike in here to surprise me one day in March, and Mark got, got, got a bad cold and didn't do it. I don't know where they are with that right now. Uh, whatever they uh, Listen, I'm an employee of ESPN. Uh, you know, they, uh, I'm an employee. So whatever they decide to do is okay by me. Uh, it would be a little weird with the three of us, ganging, me and Mike, ganging up on Stephen A. He can handle it, but it would be a little weird because Mike and I agree on more sports than people think. Um, I don't know where exactly that stands. Um, I, don't know, you know, I don't know if Mike would want to do a daily grind of it, you know, once a week, twice a week. I don't know if he's into that. But, I, you know, I'm sure they'd love to have Mike come in. But I don't know about it on a, on a I don't know if he, yeah. knowing Mike yeah. at this stage of his life, yeah. the kid's going to be a tight end up there. At, uh, I think he's going to Hamilton. He's a good football player. I just don't see his oldest. I don't see Mike wanting to go in there once, twice a week to go out there and babble about the uh, Boston Celtics and the Portland Trailblazers. <laughs> uh, I, yeah. I can't. I don't see Mike wanting to do that. I don't he's either. But, but then I, I was under the impression. See, I wouldn't like it. The way you set it up, you and Mike against Stephen A., I wouldn't like that. I thought they were going to ask Stephen A. Smith to step out for a segment and just go you against Mike. That would make more uh, sense. I, you know, that's something that I hadn't thought of. Um, now, l- l- let me say one thing about that. And I, first off, uh, I owe Stephen A. everything because he's the one who put this together. So that's number one. Number two, that is his show. He is the boss. So I, I, do you think that Stephen A, and he loves that chair. You know, that's his power chair, quote-unquote. Yeah. you remember what that used to be at, at FAM? That power chair is everything for a radio or a TV guy. Do you think Stephen A is going to give up a power chair to let me and Mike go out there and babble away about, uh, you know, the Jets, Giants? I, I don't see that happening myself. Steve says, yeah, you know, let me sit out a couple of segments. Mike, you sit here, and you two go at it like the old days. I, I, I don't point. see that one. Yeah. I don't see that. I yeah. think, if anything, they would put the three of us together yep. and see how that meshed. But, again, uh, I, that was the first I heard of it when Marshawn, I swear to God, I mean, he doesn't believe me, but that's the first I had heard of it <laughs> when Marshawn called me. Yeah. you got to remember one thing, too, Sid. This is, some, this is something interesting. A lot of those producers of that 
first take, and it's not the same producer. You know, you got four or five different guys. A lot of those kids, you know, they're 35 years old. They and they're all from this area. They grew up with me and Mike. So as a result, they they would love that, right? Because to them, Mike and Chris, you know, for 20 years when they were kids, you know, they were what you know they were the staple of 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 sports debate in a lot of ways. So maybe Marshawn got it from some of those kids. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. the story about this, you know, that they wanted to surprise me and put Mike in there. I don't know all the details, but I think the impact with those young kids that we had on that radio show over at FAN, I think that had something to do with this with this last thing that just came out. That makes sense. Uh, and I believe you that you didn't know about it, but it does make sense I what you're saying. You know, I believe you. No, I, dog, I believe you. Uh, let's get to some of the uh, three baseball stories in particular because I spent so much time on Springsteen and you and Mike. Uh, the Mets, uh, goodbye, Jacob DeGrom. He's in Texas. Hello, Justin Verlander. They bring in Quintana. They brought in this Japanese kid, gave him a lot of money over a five-year period, at least on paper. And you got to be careful here. But on paper, this Met rotation looks better now than last year, and they won 101 last year. Do you agree? Yeah, I would say, you know, probably Senga. You know, he's got a bigger upside than, um, uh, than you know, say, Walker or Bassett. Uh, you know, Quintana's a, sort of a five-inning guy. He's a fifth starter. Uh, you know, he pitched well for the Cardinals, but, you know, I, I don't – he's five innings. Uh, but, you know, Verlander – in a big game, he's not good in the World Series. He's good in the postseason overall, but not in the World Series. Yeah, I think the Mets rotation is is certainly formidable, and I would put it on the same. You know, Scherzer is not a great postseason pitcher. He's had his great moments in the postseason, but even for Washington when they won in 19, Strasburg's the guy that won that series, not, not Scherzer. That's true. Scherzer was okay, but Strasburg is the great pitcher. And I have never – listen, I've been here a long time, so have you. Scherzer got booed off the mound against the Padres. That was the worst booing of any pitcher off a mound in New York since Ed Whitson. That's how bad it was. Wow. They were nasty with him. They they hated when he pitched the last two starts of the year, the Atlanta start and that start. So, listen, here's what I'll say about the Mets. They're basically the same team they were last year. They, They gave Diaz a fortune. I understand why they did it. They gave Nimmo a fortune. I understand why they did it. Uh, you know, they bring in a catcher from Milwaukee. Uh, okay. Which, you know, he's okay. Uh, you know, I don't buy the all-star thing. They all make the all-star team. And their pitching is probably a little better, but, you know, remains to be seen. So they have basically just stayed the same. They still need a bat in the worst way. Agreed. 100%. Yep. Team, they're not a great offensive team the Mets. No. no. I mean, you know, Lindor is pretty good. Alonzo's very good. And who else? Escobar's, uh, you know, McNeil's not hitting 340 again. I mean, you know, I know Marte broke his finger, but, I mean, they didn't hit against the good pitching against Atlanta. They didn't hit against San Diego. I don't think their offense is that great. If you compare it to, for instance, the Phillies offense that has, once Harper returns, Harper, Riamuto, you know, uh, obviously now Turner. They got a lot of power. People hit the ball out of the ballpark. Hoskins can hit the ball out of the ballpark. Baum can hit the ball out of the ballpark. I mean, that's a pretty damn good team offensively, and the Braves are the Braves. So, uh, the, 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 and the Braves made a great trade getting his catcher. Great trade. So, and they're going to get Soroka back. I would still make the Braves the best team in the NL East. I know that's hard to believe. I'd still put the Braves in the Okay. Way. I like the Phillies there. And the, the Dodgers and the Padres. The Padres lineup could be just intense getting Bogarts this week, too. We'll wait and see about that. The National League could be very interesting. But you say the Mets 
are basically the same team. I would I would say the Yanks too. And the Mets were very good last year. No, I know. But, but you know, is Mark Canna going to be this? No, good no, 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 no. But I would say the is, same thing. Is McNeil uh, going to hit three twenty four? No, never again. Is Endor going to knock in a hundred runs? No, they can't. No. The catching doesn't hit. No, I know. Escobar had a decent month, but he didn't do anything. No. I mean, you know, Alonzo's going to hit fifty homers. I mean, I. I don't love the Mets offense, to be honest with you. I agree, I but, but, but if the Mets are the same team, so are the Yanks. I know they got Radon yesterday, but before that, all they really did was re-sign Aaron Judge and the GM. That's it. Fair. Uh, and, the, and the Yankees, I mean, listen, here's the Yankees' problem. Donaldson shot, he, he, and they got to pay him $30 million, and $21 million and an $8 million buyout. He, he is, you know, they cannot play him and let LeMayhew play third base. Is LeMayhew's foot okay? And LeMayhew hasn't been the same player since they gave him the big contract. Torres, you can have Torres. He's so feast or famine. He, you know, hits the ball out of the ballpark or does nothing else. Uh, you know, the catcher faded late. Trevino, I don't love him. Uh, you know, uh, Stanton gets hurt. And then when he comes back, it takes him a month to get his timing back. You know, Judge does not hit. I love Judge, but he didn't hit, doesn't hit great in the postseason. Uh, you know, Harrison Bader going to be great again? I got to see that. <laughs> I agree with you. I don't – I mean, listen, they got a formidable staff. Here's the thing about the Yankees. Their issue last year wasn't pitching. They didn't lose to Houston because they couldn't pitch. Nope. I mean, you know, they, they lost to Houston because they couldn't hit. Cole pitched well. Cortez pitched well. They uh, Severino pitched well. Got taken out of the game too quick, but he pitched well. They did not beat the Astros because they cannot hit. They couldn't hit. They got – handcuffed yep. and I don't know where they have improved themselves unless they're going to let basically say well we didn't have LeMayu and Ben and Tendi and maybe we'll re-sign Ben and Tendi put him in left and we make sure LeMayu is healthy let me see that first let me see that because you know they haven't signed Ben and Tendi and let me see LeMayu play healthy because he hasn't been as good in the last couple years and I don't like the second baseman I don't like the catching and I don't think Bader is going to be great again I'm with you I don't think the Yankees are as good as people think when, and one other thing one other thing. Let me get this straight. The guy's got 56 career wins. He's 30 years old. He's had two pretty good years, but he's always hurt. And they gave him $162 million. <laughs> I mean, we should have been pitchers, Chris. What could I tell you? <laughs> uh, they gave him 100 and no trade. <laughs> yeah. At $27 million a year. Boy, yep. oh, boy, oh, boy. Yeah. Santa I mean, was good to call those buttons. <laughs> Hey, he was the best guy out there. That's what the Yankees do, and more than often, it comes back to bite him in the ass. Uh, What's not up for debate is you. You're great. Uh, I really want to wish you, Chris, a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. You've been really good to me and this program. I'm glad, you know, listen, we all miss Bernie. It seems like you've kept this show moving very, very well. Thank you. It's great to have Louie there. You know how much Louie means to everybody. Yes. That's good to hear. I love the dog. uh, It seems like you're getting good guests. And you're doing a hell of a job. That's Thank the most you. important thing. Thank you, Chris. You're the best. I love you, man. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. We'll talk again. Okay. Thank you, Chris. God, he's so great. I love him. Christopher Mad Dog Russo. There he is with Jungle Land by Bruce. Lots more to do. Live in studio. Gas your phone calls. Coming back on a Sid and Friends in the Morning on a Friday on Talk Radio 77 WABC. Hey, it's Kaylee.
Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. This is Sid and Friends in the Morning. 77 WABC. Gonna read this. You can leave this song playing, Lewis. Chris McGlynn just sent me this. He's a big fan of the show. Gee, Sid. Didn't think your show can get any better, but my God, today is Marconi-worthy. Mad Dog Russo, Little Stevie and the Mooch. Sounds like members of the Gambino crime family. Brilliant radio. Keep it up, pal. You're killing it. Thank you, Chris. My phone, I got a bunch of those. Mike Sullivan and others. And uh, Corey Zelnick, actually, you were listening pretty closely to Chris because you pointed out two things to me at the break where you could have been talking directly to me. Exactly. What were they? Curious. Stephen A. Smith, like yourself, have right. the chair. The power chair. The power chair. Right. You don't want to give that Which up. I, well, by the way, I never had it. Bernie had it in both places the last couple Correct. of years. Correct. And now yeah. you have it. Right. I'm, never, I'm never going to get it. And, and Pete can't get anywhere near it. I right. can't get anywhere no, near no, it. No, That's no. it. It's right. over. Right. right. And, and the, other, the other thing that he mentioned was, <laughs> the other thing that he mentioned was, yeah. when you want a guest, you get a guest. Right. It's like Howard. Same thing. That's and it. If they screw me, That's it. then like a Larry Kudlow, he's never coming back on. <laughs> and everybody loves him here, but I don't care. And uh, Joe Nolan, he may get fired. I don't know. Hanging out with Scott Shannon today. Give me a break. Joe who? Exactly. Anyway, joining uh, Pete Morgan, Corey Zelnick, and me live in studio is uh, not just a sponsor here. You hear me doing well. I do the commercials all the time, Botox, fillers, all that good stuff. <laughs> She's going to have to become a sister of my wife, Danielle, and my sister, too. We love her desperately, and we're very close off the air, and that is Jen from Dolce Aesthetics, Jen Delandro. And it's good to see you on this Friday morning. Good morning, my friends. How are you? You know what's funny? If you walked in here this morning, you got three guys in the studio right now, and you got two behind the glass. And you said, here's the deal. It's Christmas. I'm in a giving mood, which you always are, Jen. Everybody gets free Botox. I'm the only guy that would take you up on that. That's a very sad day. It is. Yeah. What's the matter with these guys? <laughs> I don't know. Explain to them why I, Botox is such a great thing. You know what? It's just the gift that keeps on giving. I mean, look. I think most people have this aversion to Botox, but I mean, I've been doing it for 21 years. Look at me. Yes, I'm 52. you look gorgeous. Oh, I look yes, I've actually gotten younger. <laughs> it's I true. Have. I haven't gotten younger. No, it's it's a great product. It's not for everybody. You know, I yeah. think more men are doing it now lately. I think when I started, it was a lot more it was all like, women. taboo. Yeah, yeah. I mean, now I have to, I'm a lot. I have like probably about 25 percent. But are men. In fact, now. a lot of yeah. men like they they look at it like you know how men are. If you listen to Barry Manilow, you're not cool. You know, if you if you like sleepless in Seattle, you're not cool. And if you go get Botox, that's not what a man does. So they'd rather get old and ugly than, like me, for example, I'm beautiful. I'm going to be 56. <laughs> they'd rather get old and ugly you and make are. fun of me. But in the meantime, my avatar has my face and theirs is like a cat. You ever notice that people on Facebook and, and Instagram, the, the, the avatars are pictures of animals because they're ugly. Because they don't go to people like Jen from Dolce. That's right. 
They, you could get a better avatar if you come to me. Okay? <laughs> yeah. That's what happens. Yes. Take it from set. I want to get that uh, cool sculpting thing, though. I feel like I'm getting kind of fat in my stomach. You do that, right? The cool we sculpting? Do the cool sculpting, yeah. Your daughter does that, actually. Yes. Well, yeah. she does the, the wood therapy, the yeah. massage. Yeah. I mean, you guys are both really good looking. I'm being honest. You're both very good looking. You don't necessarily need it. But there's going to come a time when you make. Would you do that, Corey? No, I, I'm thinking about it. We were talking. We were talking mm-hmm. before we got on air. You know, 58. It's about that time. Are you 58 now? Yeah, you look great. You look amazing. Thank you. Thank you. See, Both you guys men do. age better than women. Yeah. I have to say. So, so, so what I'm thinking now is I can negotiate something because it's time she gets a location in Manhattan. Yeah, <laughs> make it a lot easier for me. Yeah. Oh, look at this text I just received. You may recognize the name, <laughs> Thomas Gucciardo. Oh, yeah, I kind of know that name. He said, and I quote, younger my ass. <laughs> <laughs> you guys are in cahoots. Yeah, we I are. I just love him. I, I do love him. I, I think he's a great do. guy. He is. Yeah, but he's I only not know, a good husband. But I only, no, he's a good husband. You just say he's not a good husband? That's funny. <laughs> no, I get along with him a lot better that we're not married. Right, right. I'm, I'm, waiting, for like the, I'm waiting for the day when Danielle says that to you, which is going to be a very <laughs> sad day. But uh, I only know him because of you. I mean, yep. it all started with you. I, I mean... Uh, I heard of you from the housewives mm-hmm. and uh, Dolores and all those girls buddy, specifically, our right? Buddy. Our buddy, your buddy. Uh, and then uh, Leslie Slender goes, hey, I'm, I'm talking to this girl. And I said, I know who she is. <laughs> and then I went to your Instagram page and I saw a lot of people who, God bless them. You know me, I'm very liberal. Yes. They're your friends and not mine. <laughs> <laughs> And you're going to a couple of parties that you wouldn't get me to if you paid me ten thousand dollars. Oh, here we go. And I said, I don't know here about this go. girl. This girl looks like she's a little freakish <laughs> to me. And then I met you, and it was that was it. Me and Danielle loved you the first time. And Aww. and and I've gone for Botox for years, mm-hmm. and I was always bleeding. One day I came to work, and Bernie said. What happened? Do you get mugged? I said, no, that's Botox. I had a black eye for like a week and a half. You said that. Yeah, and I go to you. I never, I never bleed. I'm never bruised. Hands. They're magic. What can I tell you? They are magic, right? They are magic. Why is that? What do you do that's different? I'm an artist. You know, it's not just. It's not just looking at a grid. You're you're a narcissist, by the way, too. Uh, I am. <laughs> That's why we're friends. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> See that? No, but it's true. You do. You do something with your fingers. Ooh, Maybe it's a massage. Stop it now. Uh, the massaging <laughs> motion or something where I don't bruise ever. It's just. It's just. I mean, it's just a knack. I've been doing it for so long. So. Yeah. yeah. But, and you but, have to have. You have to have an artist. And you're gentle when you poke the face. Like the last girl was like, I felt like I was in like Pinhead. You know, like one of those <laughs> horror movies. Like boom, boom. I very rarely feel it when, when and you that's do where it. a lot of when when people have bad experiences getting treatments for the first time. That's yeah. where they say if either they don't get a good um, you know a good um, outcome or they have yeah. a bad experience, and that's where it drives them away of not ever trying it again. Right. And it's funny when they do try it again. If they come to me, particularly, they're like, "Oh my God, this is a great experience. I can't believe how much how how the the outcome is, and yeah. you're so gentle and it's true. You know, no, not everybody true. should be doing it. There's a lot of people that do it that shouldn't be." Yeah. Well, you're great at it. You really well, thank are. You. It's, uh, and, I hope uh, I at least I have one talent. No, you've got more than one. <laughs> now, is, is this something people. that uh, I would, I'd have to imagine? Like getting a gift certificate, for example, to Dolce for Christmas. Mm. Women and men have to love that, right? I mean, you got to be very busy this time of year. We're, we're busy. I mean, people come in. They want to look good for the holidays, obviously. But... A lot of them travel. Mm-hmm. Right, they're, yep. they're going to Florida. They want to look good. They want to look good. They want to yeah. look good with their. They have, they have. They're going to Christmas dinners. They're seeing people they haven't seen in a long time or yeah. holiday dinners. So, yeah, I get a lot of people coming in right before the holiday. Pete Morgan, when are you going to do this? When are you uh... I don't know. You got to come in. Your forehead looks like a baby's ass. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, and it, but it That's doesn't true. move. 
It doesn't and that's move. the outcome right. we want. I mean, yeah. Jesus, yeah. how many yeah. how many vials of that stuff do you got to shoot in his no. head? Only it's, two. Only two. No. I think that's it. My visits with her are very, very short, to yeah, be honest. Yeah, we don't do a lot. No. Concept. And no. I only go like once every, what, four months, five yeah, months? four months. That's it. He, I call it Brotox for men. Yeah. Because it's different for men than women. Right. So Danielle gets like her lips done sometimes, and, and she looks fantastic. She gorgeous. doesn't do a lot either. We, yeah. I just give a zhuzh. Like she doesn't need a lot. Or schmeckle. She's already schmeckle. Or schmeckle. No, no, no. That's my new one. Or schmeckle. That's funny. Sit in friends in the morning. 77 WABC. So it's funny when John Katsimatidis, my main man John, decided to name this show Sid and Friends. A lot of people ask... Who are the friends? How many friends? Has not been an issue. <laughs> we get about six huge guests every day. We had three or four monster guests today. Monster. And then my other friends, Pete Morgan, Peerless Boilers, Corey Zelnick, a dear close personal friend, Jen Delandro. I know she's a sponsor, but at this point, she's family. They just show up. Then you got Phil in there and Lou in there and Deb Valentine. She works on the show. She's a friend. So before you know it, Sitting Friends right now has eight people between the studio and behind the glass. It's, it's a little bit like John Katzmatini's show at 5 o'clock. It's Sid and all his friends. Not all of them. I got a lot more than this, as you know. Well, maybe I not a lot more. A lot more. A lot more? Yeah. Not really. I think you do. You think? Okay. Well, one of our friends, Jen, is Gina, who has a really long Greek last name. And how do you say it again? Limberopolis. See what I'm saying? So we're just going to say Gina Bina, though. Gina Bina. Yeah. And uh, she came in uh, yesterday. It's Friday. We're going to close out and have some fun. It's enough of the politics. God, who cares? Yeah. Um, and she, her family Christmas card, Jen, you like this, and Corey and Pete. I'm actually on it. There's pictures of me and her brother. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, God. you can't make it up. Yeah. <laughs> Not just me. Curtis Lee was on the card. Who else from the station? Is Tony on Orlando was on there. Tony Orlando. Cousin Brucey. Uh-huh. Judge Janine. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, yeah so I'm not so special after all. Yeah. But I am on the card. <laughs> Me and Rob, You still though. made it. You still made it. I made the card. So yeah. I brought her in to talk about that, but you're back again, and I don't know why. I am. Okay, so... Me and my mom were talking, and we're like, we got to get something for Sid for Hanukkah. Her mother's name is Danielle. Yes. Another Danielle, yeah. And a huge fan of the show. Yeah. So we were saying, we have to get something for Sid. It's been a very long year. It's been ups and downs constantly. So let's get him something that I know he will love. Okay. And what does Sid love more than anything else? I'm, I'm, I'm terrified. Himself. Exactly. Yeah. There you oh. go. Himself. What is, what is I mean, Jesus here? Everybody raise their hands. Everybody knew the answer. I mean, so, you're the only wait, one who doesn't know. Is it really that bad? <laughs> no, no, no. Everybody, everybody said himself. Deb is saying yes. It's not bad. It's just obvious. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's acceptance. That's it's all okay. that matters. It's, an it's okay. Here. It's okay. All right. So you're the only person who can get away with it. So that's okay. all that matters. All right. But with that being said, yeah. happy Hanukkah. This is a calendar of Just Sid. Oh, oh my God! Oh well, God! Everything. I want you to look at this. <laughs> Are there naked pictures of him? No. <laughs> oh my God! Maybe look at 2024. This. Maybe. Now yeah, January. Yeah. That is actually taken. That's from when that I magazine. went to the Met Gala. Yes. No, the Met oh. Gala. Yeah, I went to the Met Gala. Not really. They put my picture on the stage. I photoshopped that. Yeah. Yeah. This is. Oh my God! I'm not, <laughs> that's your mugshot from February. Florida. Looks <laughs> like a mugshot. I'm not sure what that is. March is from the yeah. magazine which I did. I was on the cover, a fashion yeah. magazine. Uh, December. This is from the movie Gemini Lounge, where I play the bartender Dracula, which is coming to a theater near you in the spring of 2023. Thank you to Danny A. 
Uh, this is another one. I'm, I'm always kissing like it. looks like I'm kissing people. <laughs> this is me wearing the same jacket in the studio with a blue shirt and an American flag. This one is me, uh, June, standing outside the studios in Los Angeles, where I actually filmed the movie Gemini Lounge. July, July 4th, I wore this shirt, which is an American flag shirt. Yes. That's me standing outside my home saying, Happy July 4th. August. <laughs> Boy, I got a lot of Welcome to the gun show. This is, this is all this is right injection. This, <laughs> full, full this is right before effect. I shot myself in the trailer on the set of Gemini Lounge. Pretty good looking arm there, though, right, bro? No Come bad, on. No bad, I look very Italian there. You got him, I got the chain, I got yeah, the absolutely. muscle. The white right? beater. This is uh, September, and it's. Uh, I remember taking this picture. I think Bernie was there that day. Wearing just a jacket and kind of staring at the camera. Very nice. Very classy. October, this is me mm. two years ago. Columbus Day Parade. Very fitting. Yeah, two years there's, ago. There's no rain Not in this that year. One, yeah. yeah. Um, November, Thanksgiving. I remember wearing this outfit. Michael Rappaport was here that day. That's just the vest and the shirt. And December, this picture was taken mm-hmm. when I was on Brian Kilmeade's. Fox News show One Nation just a few just a weeks co- ago yeah. in December. Yeah. Yeah. That was a big deal for you. So uh, no, now wow. what's amazing is all these pictures make sense yes. with the month you did all that. Me and my mom give her wow. give her credit here too. Wow, for you sure. guys! I mean, this is really impressive. You figured out like it actually mm-hmm. corresponds with the month. Exactly. That's the best picture. This is the greatest thing I've ever gotten in my whole of life. Of course it is. <laughs> How many of these calendars are, did you make? Well, we only made one. It's Thank officially God. the only one in existence. We want one, too. There's only oh. one? I yeah, yeah. So right now. You want of one? Of course. Yeah. Okay. We'll see what popular demand looks we'll like. Maybe they'll be on the stores. Oh. Right. This is unbelievable. Like, nice marketing. That's like you know, the best it, present ever. Ever, right, Jen? Yes. You know, I asked Frank Siller. That's your work, too, technically. Yeah, it is. It is, yes. You know what? I should get a piece of it. I got to give you one, put it up, and you can show people everything. I actually said to Frank Siller. Yesterday, I said, if you do a Tunnel to Towers uh, calendar, I said, you know, I was kind of kidding. Make sure I'm in it. And he's like, oh, Sid, trust me. I got some firemen. I go, I'm only kidding, Frank, but you can at least just lie to me and say you can make a calendar. <laughs> he's, like, he's like, I got some firemen. You wouldn't believe the shape these guys are in. So I just had the calendar conversation yesterday. And lo and behold, the next day, Sid Rosenberg, a oh. 2023 calendar. That's a beautiful gift. And, and really uh, well done with you and your mom, Danielle. Thank you. Happy That's Hanukkah, adorable. happy holidays. I love you guys. Thank you. We love you too. Lou, you like that? <laughs> oh, you can't talk because everybody's quickest. mic is on. There's okay. There's too many people. There. No, you're talking now. You like this uh, calendar? I saw it before and I threw up in my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're going to wrap things up here. 1 800 848 WABC. 1 800 848 A special thanks to the adorable Gina Pina. And I love her mom, Danielle, for this. Really lovely Sid Rosenberg calendar for Hanukkah. Thank you very much. It's really cute. We'll come back and send you into the weekend with one more week of Sid and Friends before we come back in 2023. Keep it right here. I'm coming right back. Friends in the morning. 77 WABC. All right. Good tune. Jen Delandro, Dolce Aesthetics. Right at the very top of that I Love Donald Trump list. 
So were these two guys, Corey and Pete, they're gone. So was Bo, he's gone. So was Peter King, he's gone. Ashra Nomani, who joined me earlier today, very impressive young lady. She spoke on Capitol Hill two days ago. Loved Trump, voted for him twice. She gone. Jen Delandro, if you're gone, it's over. You gone? I'm still teetering. You're still teetering. Come close to the mic. I'm still teetering. You know what? If it wasn't for him, I do not think I would have not been involved in politics as much as I am. Now. True. He lifted the veil. Yep. He showed the debauchery. He showed what was going on yep. in Washington. Yep. He, I don't think I would have voted in any election in the last probably uh, 10 years, if it was, in the last eight years, if it yep. wasn't for him. You've actually thought about going into politics yourself yes. because of him. He's so, inspired you. He's inspired me. Yeah. I don't agree with a lot of the things that he says or does sometimes. I think yeah. I wish he would tone it down a little bit, but I'm still on the fence. Okay, fair enough. So am I. I'm not there yet either. Corey, you sound like you're gone, but uh, on another note, it's great to see you. Always always great Happy to see holidays. you. Happy holidays. Are, are you, Bailey, and Jessica going away? What are you guys, well, Max? What are you guys well, doing? Ba- Bailey, Bailey is um, going to study abroad in Barcelona, so she's leaving January 3rd. I'm going to pick that, her up Sunday. We'll spend the week together that's here. so funny because January yeah. 3rd, Ava goes back to Europe. Yeah, so I, I, I know that feeling. You know, yeah. I've had Bailey away, but this will be far away. Oh, boy. Um, but I'm going to go down to Turks and Caicos. Uh, nice. 26th uh, nice. to the 2nd. Uh, Jessica and Max and I. And just relax for a little bit. Beautiful. Oh, yeah. she's going to Barcelona. So it's one year? Or? No, no, for the semester. One semester. One semester. I'm going down to Maryland on Sunday to pick her up, bring oh, her back. We'll hang right. out for the week. Right. I got like four Nick games in the schedule, so nice. she and I will be down at the Garden. Nice. And it'll be a lot of fun. Awesome. Happy holidays. Happy I love holidays you. to you and the fam. Pete Morgan, what are you doing, pal, for the uh, big holiday coming Staying up? around. You're staying home? Yep. Yeah. Being in and out of town. And uh, we'll have some fun. All the kids are here. Spencer will pick Spencer and Corey up uh, a little bit later to come right. out for the weekend for a little party. Right. And then uh, they'll be back in for work, and uh, I'll be in next week. I'll see you next Thursday. Oh, you're going to come here next Thursday. Oh, you're coming to Bo Dito's Christmas party next Thursday. Yeah. Right. Toga party in Ridgewood uh, for you and the kids for Christmas Eve or what? It's come as your favorite naked Sid Rosenberg night. <laughs> You want a copy of that calendar? Make another so calendar. Pick, Jesus. Yeah, pick a month. You, you pick a month. Like, like Lou, I, I, like I, thank God this garbage can was here because there's plenty of vomit in there. Oh, God. I uh, love you all. Hey, uh, Lou, great job today as always. Macedonia, Phil, that's a great three hours, even though your job calls for four. But thank you for those three. That was nice of you. Justin Ellick, great job. Frankie Diaz, great job. Deb Valentine, the whole crew. Jen Delandro, I love you. Keep, and people should go to Dolce Aesthetics, Botox, fillers, anything you need. Wipe your teeth, get rid of your fat in your stomach. She's going to make you gorgeous like she is. I'll be back. Uh, you're welcome. God willing, 6 o'clock on Monday morning. Everybody, enjoy your weekend. From all of us, all my friends here on Sit and Friends, to all of you, until Monday at 6. Peace! You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly.